Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Strange from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess baby superhero need the same music. No one man to have all that power. The clock ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Excited to be back. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Red vs. Blue High Stakes Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football, and as always, I'm joined by the Big Blue co-host himself from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mike, you placed third place in this league last year. What do you got to do differently to place in the top one or two this year? You really got to win this thing to, to advance for this $10,000 grand prize, the NFFC Live Draft Champions League tonight. What do you say, Mike? I know, Scott. It's, uh, first off, it's great to be back. And, uh, you know, it's going to take a couple different things. You know, it's a 30-round draft. There's a lot of different things that, that you have to uh, manipulate, you have to take advantage of. And uh, it's going to, you know, it's going to boil down to those rounds 10 through 20, I think, to, to just make yourself – Put yourself over the top because there's a lot of great players out there that are being rounds uh, 1 through 10, but 10 through 20 is going to be crucial. 347-324-5404 is the number. Uh, This is the National Fantasy Football Championship Live Draft Champions Draft, Mike. That's a 14-team league, PPR, six points per touchdown. Tell me about how the six points per touchdown for – quarterbacks affects your decision-making on quarterbacks? Take them early or take them late? Well, I'll tell you what. It's already affected uh, Scott Schutte. Uh Scott was uh, very successful last year in this, and uh, he took Aaron Rodgers in, uh, in the fourth pick. So uh, 
you know, that could affect a, a lot of people's decisions. I'm picking at seven, and, you know, I've been kind of wrestling all day long about uh, should I should I take one real quick or should I just uh, hold off? But, uh, you know, it, it, it's if you don't take them quick, then you're out of luck. And if you do, then you're probably in luck. So it's a tough situation. All right, Mike. Mike is on the clock. He's got one minute to pick. Uh, let me go ahead and run down the beginning of this draft real quick, and we'll catch up with everybody and introduce our participants for the evening. Arian Foster at one, Wrights at two, McCoy at three. No surprise there. Here's where it starts to get interesting. Aaron Rodgers, the first quarterback on the board uh, or off the board. Calvin Johnson at five. Ryan Matthews at six. There's been a lot of talk about Ryan Matthews being the number one running back this year, considering Mike Tolbert is gone. If the kid can stay healthy, we all know the sky is the limit for him. But so far, um, we, we, he's got to show it on the field. People are willing to spend that pick because, plain and simple, he's going to get a lot of touches, a lot of work. Uh, I'm working to get a, tra- a draft board here for the chat room. Uh, a draft board from Mr. Tom Kasenix would be very, very nice about now. Three four seven three two four five four zero four. This is Red versus Blue High Stakes Radio, brought to you by. The Fantasy Sports Channel, Mark Ronick and the guys bring in 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Fantasy Sports Radio uh, on your computer. Pretty cool. We do stream live also on iTunes. There goes Chris Johnson by Michael Trent. Yeah. Good pick there, Mikey. Chris Johnson, uh, the number seven pick in the draft now. Ryan Matthews at six. Calvin was the first wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers, the first quarterback. Pretty much straightforward draft so far. Uh, we haven't seen uh, any big surprises. Tom Brady at number eight. Look, six points per touchdown. I can understand why uh, Dominic would like to take a quarterback at that position. Uh, look, you get uh, Tom Brady racks it up every single year without a doubt. Uh, it's not something you have to worry about. It's lock, stock, and barrel for the guy. Yeah, you know, Scott, and I was, uh, I, was I felt like Chris Johnson was going to be my pick. Uh, even though that's a kind of weak latent offense, uh, I just really feel like Chris Johnson is going to, uh, you know, bounce back, if you could say, uh, this year. Uh, and, you know, I wanted to go quarterback so bad this round, uh, but since since I didn't, then uh, obviously, uh, you know, they were waiting on him, so uh, they go Tom Brady, so I don't blame him. All right, I'm going to try to post this link and see if it works for the folks in the chat room. Okay. I don't think it does. I think they're going to have to help uh, the chat room guys out a little bit and give them something that they can uh, follow along with. If not, I'm going to have to be posting some screenshots for everybody to follow along. Uh, so here we go. We've got Calvin off the board, Ryan Matthews off the board, Chris Johnson you took, Tom Brady, Drew Brees goes at number nine, the team Harrison, James Harrison. Uh, so we've got another quarterback off the board. We're seeing kind of lock, stock, and chalk dicks here, man, rock, chalk, Jayhawk here. Uh, so far, so good. The quarterbacks, the studs are going. If you want to get a stud, you're going to have to get it pretty early. Cam Newton and Matt Stafford are still out there. You've got to think they'll go. Once they go, it looks like most teams wait until that four or five turn to take that quarterback. So as long as you can hold out, I mean, unless you're really fascinated with Vic or something, uh, MJD just went off the board at number 11. Get paddle. Greg Dietzler takes uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, I'm sorry, Matt Stafford at number 11. So there's the four big ones. We've got one more left, Cam Newton. Is anybody going to take Cam Newton in the first round and make it a five-quarterback first round? 
Mike, again, quarterback in a draft champions league, a draft experts league, it's one of those things. You don't necessarily have to have that stud quarterback when you can play matchups in the best two or three. It's a little bit different because, look, you don't have to put a lineup in every week. And so a lot of times, you know, if you have two good quarterbacks, you'll waste those points on the bench. But with a draft champions or draft experts type league, you get the best player available. And that, that kind of gives you an incentive to not have to take a stud. Right, exactly. And, you know, I see all these quarterbacks going, and, uh, you know, it just it kind of boggles my mind a little bit. Uh, but this is a different type of league. Uh, it just makes me think of uh, what's going to happen in the high-stakes leagues uh, when we get to uh, Vegas, New York, Chicago, uh, et cetera. I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be very different, uh, or it could be the same. I mean, really, uh, a lot of these quarterbacks are going. Uh, Jerry McFadden just went off, so uh, that quit that quarterback run. But uh, it's going to make things uh, a little bit different because the, the quarterbacks are being pushed to, uh, to the forefront right now. Oh, I got you. Got to love these drafts. This is uh, the National Fantasy Football Championship. Um, Greg Ambrose, Tom Kucinich, the guys there have been doing an absolutely great job running these leagues. They expect, you know, upwards of 60 leagues in this thing, uh, possibly more, at 150 a pop, 950 paid to each league winner. Uh, somebody's going to advance. Those league winners are going to advance and, and uh, compete in the championship round for the $10,000 uh, grand prize. Cam Newton was just taken, so there we have it, Mike, a record five quarterbacks in the first round, and I am on the clock, so I'm going to turn it over to you so I can make my two picks, and we can keep this thing rolling. Okay. All right, sure thing, Scott. Uh, so far, uh, it looks like it's kind of true to form. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of quarterbacks going. Uh, you want to get you want to get those points. I mean, those points mean a lot when you're, uh, you know, getting six, uh, six per. Uh, so, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of owners have decided to uh, just you know, go ahead and get those uh, quarterbacks. But uh, I really want to uh, give a shout-out real quick uh, to everybody, uh, you know, Frank, Don, uh, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Watson, uh, Mark. Man, great year last year, Mark. Uh, I'm going to try to come and get you this year. And, uh, you know, Henry and Dominic, Greg, Eric, Roger, uh, obviously Scotty, uh, James, Jason, and uh, Scott Schutte. I, I mean, this is a great crew, and uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a lot of fun to continue to uh, see how this things roll, see how it rolls out. But uh, Scott, you went ahead and uh, you took Trent Richardson, and who else? Well, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, day here at Red Blue Radio. Uh, the running back that I was looking at, Darren McFadden, was taken at ten or at twelve by Mr. Jason Steve. So I had to go a different direction and take my number one tight end on the board, Jimmy Graham. Uh, you got to love the targets. He had 25 more targets than Gronkowski last year. We know about touchdowns and how up and down those are. He had 11 touchdowns last year uh, to 17 for the Gronk. But you don't have the knee injury to worry about. You don't have that concern with. And, again, touchdowns are kind of up and down. You can pencil both these guys, I think, in for about 10 touchdowns. Even though 10 is a huge number for tight ends, it's just a different league we play in these days. So can you take a tight end in the first round? I absolutely did. Uh, Jimmy Graham at, at the 14th pick, followed by Trent Richardson. Now, I'm sure I'll get beat up by this a little bit. Uh, people aren't expecting, you know, uh, top five numbers from, from Trent Richardson, but I, 
I expect top ten numbers from him safely. And that's the kind of pick I want here. I don't want to take a chance on those running backs that have all these question marks, and we'll get into that here in a little while. There's a lot of running backs in this realm, Mike, that makes it very difficult for the end of the draft to figure out what you want to do. You've got names like DeMarco Murray coming back from injury, Adrian Peterson coming back from injury, Matt Forte with a holdout. Uh, it makes it very difficult to really decide. Jamal Charles is there. Adrian Peterson is there. These are all big names, Mike, but they all have these little question marks, these annoying question marks that make it difficult to uh, to make a decision. What do you think about those two picks? Yeah, uh, you know what? I think it's kind of risky, but the one thing about it is you got to feel good about having a tight end right away. Done. You're finished. Uh, you don't have to worry about a tight end for another 20 rounds. Uh, and, you know, and that's, and that's, that's a good feeling. Uh, so many of us, uh, we might have to worry about some uh, later down the road. Uh, Trent Richardson, uh, he's going to be a stud. If, if it's this year, then that's great, uh, but he will be a stud. 347-324-5404 is the number. We've already had a couple of picks after that turn, so let's talk about those and get everybody caught up. I went ahead and posted a, a screenshot for the folks in the chat room. We've got a great crew here uh, that we, we affectionately call the chat room, the crew here at Red vs. Blue, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. Missouri's in the chat, Brothers Mayhem. Welcome, brother. Electric Relish, Get Paddled, Henry Muto, Route You Out, Wild Bill, and the list goes on and on. Uh, Mike, we've got Henry Muto, uh, Dragons at 13, taking Rob Gronkowski, so the second tight end's off the board. Then we get a little string of wide receivers here. Andre Johnson goes to Jason Steve, so he pairs up Darren McFadden with Andre Johnson. Get Paddled, Greg Dietzler takes Wes Welker, the reception machine, to pair up with Matthew Stafford. And then our good buddy, Mark Quist Diesel, he takes Roddy White to pair up with Maurice Jones-Drew. Three safe, considerable options there. Considering, I mean, Andre Johnson has a little bit of a, an issue, it seems like, uh, that, that comes up with this, with this injury. Uh, but at the, at the end of the day, you've you, you, you got to feel like he's going to, if he's healthy, definitely worthy of that pick and undervalued. And then we have James Harrison at the 2-6 taking Marshawn Lynch. Now, there's the name I... I thought about taking Mike Marshawn Lynch, but, again, he pairs him up with Drew Brees. Marshawn Lynch is one of those guys that last year we took at the 6-7 turn, if you remember. Around that range, you were kind of deciding between Fred Jackson and Marshawn Lynch area. And at the beginning of the year for Marshawn Lynch owners, you were devastated by how much Fred Jackson was out playing him. But then the injury happens to Fred Jackson. We know what happens to Marshawn Lynch through the end of the year. He goes on that tremendous roll. And now you have to pay a second-round price, Mike. Those are the types of picks I don't like to make because there's no value there. He has to he has to have exactly the same type of year he had last year to be or even exceed it to be worthy of that pick. What do you think of uh, Marshawn Lynch that high? I love Marshawn Lynch. I wish I could have had him right then. Uh, give me just one second, Scott. Oh, oh, hey, yeah. You know what, Mike's Mike's going on the clock. Let's let's go ahead and get everybody uh, up to speed. Um, we've got. Uh, Mark Quitch is on the line here. I want to talk to Mark about his recent pick. Mark, you just took uh, Roddy White there to pair up with Maurice Jones-Drew. It was kind of one of those safe wide receiver plays. Talk about Roddy White and how you feel like Julio Jones is going to cut into that production this year. Hey, guys. Um, Roddy White just seemed to me like the perfect spot. He's had a slow start last year, 
and somehow this guy wound up with 100 receptions at the end of the year. Uh, Julio Jones or not, um, it makes it a little bit easier on a guy like Roddy White. He's money. He's getting. Uh, he's not a young chicken anymore, as they say, but uh, I think he's got another year or two left in him of some serious numbers. And uh, MJD, to start him off at the 10 spot, I was uh, salivating that he actually fell to me because, uh, you know, if there's no talk of holdout, I think uh, MJD goes a little bit earlier than 10. So I'm happy with my first two picks, definitely. For everybody that doesn't know it, um, Mark is the defending champion of this red versus blue NFFC league. So, uh, Mark, talk to me about what it takes to win in this thing. It's a different format. It's a best ball format. That's the first twist. It's a 14-teamer. That's a little that, that's consistent with NFFC. Uh, but talk about that draft experts challenge. Uh, it, it's a little bit of a different beast when you don't have to start your lineup every week. How does that change your thinking in going into a draft like this? This was a really tight league last year, and uh, I was looking at my roster from last year, and the only thing that stood out were those late-round picks. You guys were talking about rounds 10 through 20. That's what seals your team, man. There are, there are a lot of roster spots that do absolutely nothing, especially when we draft so early in the year. I was like checking out round 14 last year. I picked up Plaxico. He got me eight, t- eight touchdowns last year. And round 15, Darren Sproles. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> round 15, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, anytime you make a pick like that, it, it definitely helps take some pressure off of your – your first few picks. Let's get everybody caught up on the last couple of picks here. We talked about Marshawn Lynch. Fantasy QB, uh, Dominic, he takes Tom Brady to start off and then DeMarco Murray in the second round. This is a pick I really was tempted to make when I took Trent Richardson. Uh, the injury notwithstanding, he's one hell of a player. We, we've seen what he can do when he's healthy. He did kind of hit a stretch there where it, it seemed like his production was stymied a little bit. Uh, the yards per carry went down. The production went down. You still have Felix Jones in the fold here. Uh, Mark, do you, do you feel like that uh, Felix Jones has this job locked up and this is his to lose? You broke up there. I'm sorry, Scott. Oh, that's okay. I'm talking about DeMarco Murray. Uh, Dominic just took uh, a DeMarco in the second round. Oh, right Felix after. Jones. Yeah, I got you now. Oh, man, if Murray's, DeMarco Murray is, is healthy, I believe it's his job, uh, undoubtedly. That guy was a beast when he was healthy. Um, I would definitely take him in the same spot that uh, that he was taking just now, 100%. Mike, uh, let's talk about your pick, buddy. Hey, Mike, you took... Uh, with your second pick, a, a, a safe play. You can't you can't do anything. You can't say anything bad about Larry Fitzgerald having uh, being taken at the seventh pick in the second round. The only knock is this Kevin Cobb John Skelton situation that might be going on. What do you what do you think about that? And for Larry Fitzgerald, what quarterback do you want to see throwing him the ball? Well, honestly, uh, it, it it wasn't the best of picks. Uh, looking at looking at everything, but uh, I would rather see Kevin Cobb. I'd rather see Kevin Cobb throwing in the ball uh, because I think, you know, they're going to be able to be able to uh, separate and, uh, you know, get some separation downfield a little bit better, I think, with Kevin Cobb. I, I really believe Kevin Cobb is a, he's a fine quarterback. Uh, they're just going to have to uh, – they got to get some running game going for uh, Fitz and uh, all those guys to be uh, successful in the uh, passing game. All right, we just saw a couple of more players taken after Larry Fitzgerald. We saw Aces Wild, Frank Matsko take uh, Greg Jennings at wide receiver, the Aaron Rodgers' favorite target there. Sideline saves with Jamal Charles to pair up with Calvin Johnson. Uh, team CBDC, Scott Schutte, who took 
second place in this contest last year, very tight league. A.J. Green to go with Aaron Rodgers. Looking for a big second year from A.J. Green. We'll definitely be talking about him later. Jordy Nelson with the next pick. Uh, wow, it's amazing to see two Green Bay wide receivers in the second round. You don't see that uh, a lot anymore ever since the days of uh, Peyton Manning. Brandon Marshall is the next wide receiver off the board. Second round to Donnie T. Man, that's a that's a dagger right there for some of us expecting to be able to pick him in the third round. Uh, that's not going to happen now. Donnie oh, no. T takes Brandon Marshall at the 213 pick. And then to finish this up with Eric Hillsburg. He just took uh, who was his who was his last selection? Mike Wallace. So I'm on the clock, uh, guys. Mike, uh, tell us what you think of this uh, in the second round there. Well, I'll tell you what. I like that Mike Wallace pick. I mean, that, that's very solid. Uh, but you know what? There's a lot of wide receivers uh, that are starting to go. You know that run. It happens all the time. But uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of wide receivers left. Uh, but the Mike Wallace, uh, that's a good pick. Uh, there's still you know, there's still a lot of really good players left, and uh, so we're going to uh, be able to uh, figure out what's uh, what Scott's going to do. I, you know, I think I've, I've got a pretty good idea of what he's going to go uh, in his direction on uh, both of his picks. But, uh, you know, where's the quarterback run? Is it going to happen again? I mean, is it over? You know, what, Greg, what do you think? Mike, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out who I'm going to take here. I've got nine seconds left. Okay, I'm going to go okay, ahead and do okay. it. I'm going to I'm going to bite the bullet and take the injury risk in Adrian Peterson. Uh, Matt, Matt Forte is staring at me in the face, and why do I think he'll hold out? I don't know. It's a very strange situation in Chicago. It's one of those guys that say, man, the smart player in me says probably take Matt Forte and lock it down and don't worry another second about it. But something in the back of my mind says, ugh. Matt Forte, Michael yeah. Bush is there. He's looking good, and Matt Forte doesn't want to report, really. I, it's just a bad situation all around. I'm not too too happy about taking a Matt Forte, so I passed on that. What do you think about Adrian Peterson with the, coming off of this injury? Do you think this guy can recover? And, uh, make, oh, and there goes Matt Forte, one pick later. So no, you take long say, Henry, Henry likes your pick, obviously, because he didn't, yeah. he didn't take too long uh, on taking Matt Forte. Yeah, it's a toss-up between those two, honestly. I believe that. Well, we have we, we have somebody here that uh, Mark is going to be taking a pick here in a minute, so we're going to let him figure out what he's going to do. He's got MJD and Roddy White. He has to do something. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Henry Muto is looking at that and saying, thank you, Mr. Atkins, for Matt Forte in the third round. He starts off his draft. Cam Newton, Rob Gronkowski, Matt Forte, I mean, virtual locks for top five in their position if they play a full yeah. 16 games. Uh, and, you know, that's not a lot for anybody these days. But uh, there's something about that Matt Forte. I'm probably going to regret not taking him there. And we're going to look back at that as saying that is the first kind of real uh, difference-making pick there that could happen. Adrian Peterson, he may not be healthy to start the season. So, you know, I'm obviously going to be looking to try to back him up and, and take his back up, uh, you know, the big bruiser here a little later in the draft. Now, all in, Jason Steves is watching what we do with running backs, and he says, you know what, I'm not playing that game. I'm taking Steve Smith of Carolina. He's got another couple of good years left uh, with Cam Newton. He has Darren McFadden, Andre Johnson, and Steve Smith. I really like the way that team's shaping up. Um, and now we're sitting here with Get Paddle, Greg Diesler. 
and Matt Stafford and Wes Welker. Mike, let's try to figure out who what he's going to do here. With Matt Stafford and Wes Welker, you have to think he's going to take a running back. You've got Darren Sproles, Stephen Jackson kind of staring at you in the face. Which one would you take, push come to shove? Wow. Uh, you know what? I know who I would take. Uh, it would probably be the latter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because he's just such a workhorse. I mean, that guy, whether he's on a winning team, losing team, it doesn't matter. He's a workhorse, and you can rely on him. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, you know, there's a there's the first uh, there, there's a Fred Jackson sighting. Fred Jackson was just taken, and you know what? Uh, people are a little bit scared of that age. He had what a fibula break? He had a clean break. It's a bone break. It's not like a knee injury at that age, so it's going to heal. It's going to heal healthy. And you know, he takes Fred Jackson at uh, at the third, the fourth pick of the third round. Greg Deese would have taken Fred Jackson. He uh. He obviously doesn't see something in Darren Sproles. I'd like to talk about that Steven Jackson pick. Somebody's going to have to take this guy because, again, I think it's, at the end of the day, we're seeing value take place with this because he didn't have a quarterback presence. They could definitely stack him in the box last year. He's a guy that's going to be heavily involved. You have to think the numbers are all going to come up. Uh, he's, a, he's a physical specimen. He's in good shape. I mean, he, he's been a little gimpy here and there the last couple of years, but he still had 260 carries. So, you know, not too much to get gimpy about. And, uh, I mean, if it's not one of these guys, it's a Darren Sproles, a little bit safer, and there it is, Darren Sproles. Uh, Mark okay. Quitch with Darren Sproles. Good pick there, man. I, 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 I've i got to think that um, I was really considering Darren Sproles there as the third option when I took Adrian Peterson over Matt Forte. Uh, but, again, it's a PPR league. You do get those points for reception. It's so valuable for a guy like Darren Sproles. They love to get him in space. And, uh, you know, you have to think that uh, Mark Ingram's going to get healthy. He's going to cut into that. Pierre Thomas is going to get a piece. You just never know week to week. So, really, it is kind of the perfect draft champions, draft experts type league uh, type of guy because you don't have to start him every week. It's one of those right. um, one of those picks that can kind of pay off. Uh, Mark, tell us about uh, Darren Sproles and who else you were looking at there. I'll tell you the truth, guys. I was really uh, looking at Forte or Fred Jackson there. I really like Fred Jackson a lot. Uh, unfortunately, if you take Forte or Peterson or Jackson in this kind of format, you're looking at taking Gerhardt, Michael Bush, or or Spiller along with those three guys. Um, so it, it made my decision a little bit easier when all three of those guys were taken before me. And uh, at the point for reception, 79 receptions last year. Uh, no matter how many backs are healthy on that team, uh, I would say a minimum. A, a bad game for Sproles would be five for 50, and without a single rush, that's 10 points on your uh, starting roster right there. So I, I think it was a good spot. I hate drafting him so much earlier than last year, but that's that's how uh, economics go. We are live at the NFFC Draft Champions Draft. Uh, this is the $150 entry fee, $10,000 champions uh, champions round. Somebody's going to end up with a nice payday, Mark, uh, for $150. This has this is a whole lot more fun than last year's uh, $60 league. i got to mention that Greg Ambrosius is hosting uh, $150 Draft Champion League every Friday night all the way up until the start of the season. Again, they're expecting, you know, 60, maybe 70 of these leagues to take place between now and the start of the season. And they've already got the ADP going. You've got, uh, if you don't have that printed out, it kind of gives you an idea of, of where these guys are going. And it's a long way back for me. I had picked 29. And what, I'm not going to pick again until, what, pick 56 or 57? It's a long way back. So I just get to sit here and cross names off the list. That's kind of how it goes. Uh, Mark, let's talk about uh, what Mike just did here. 
Didn't like well, we did see Victor Cruz go off the board to James Harrison. He followed. That's his number one wide receiver, along with Marshawn Lynch and Drew Brees. Uh, Dominic LaFerriere takes Steven Jackson, the running back that we were talking about earlier, which we feel like is a value play at this point. He gets his quarterback back. They get some offensive weapons to line up. He pairs him with DeMarco Murray and Tom Brady. I like that start. Michael Trent says, you know what, I'm not going unconventional here. I'm staying with running backs and wide receivers. He he had Chris Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald, and he adds a very safe Michael Turner. Mike, your draft is looking very safe. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's a right. safe thing going on here. You don't have a lot of question marks, and that's how you that's how you like to play these first couple of rounds. It is, uh, Scott. I, I'll be honest with you. I was really, really banking on Stephen uh, Stephen Jackson, but uh, when that didn't happen, I, I kind of kind of panicked and uh, went ahead uh, with another running back. But uh, you know, Michael Turner should be fine. You know, in that situation in Atlanta. What do you think about, uh, Mark, we're going to talk about the drafting of Isaiah Peed there for Steven Jackson. Do you think that impedes him this year? I mean, do you think this kid can make an immediate impact, or, or do you feel like Steven Jackson still has another safe year of 250 to 300 carries? Yeah, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be the guy there, no doubt about it. When he's healthy, he's, he's, they're going to give him the ball as many times as he could possibly carry. So, uh, you know, insurance, sure. It's always good to draft rookies to, to back up your guys, especially if you're injury-prone. He's pretty much got that label. Um, but Steven Jackson is a good pick in round three, I would think so. This PPR really changes a lot in the NFFC this year, and guys like that are, I believe, uh, you know, that's a very good pick in the third round. We just saw Hakeem Nix fall all the way uh, to the, what is that, the uh, three, six, nine, tenth pick of the third round here. The sideline stage. Roger Gonzalez, good friend Roger. Hey, buddy. Hakeem Nix at 310. Uh, look, he broke a bone in his foot in the OTAs back in May. It's going to put him out for about three months. You also have the loss of Jake Ballard there. That team is kind of reeling with a few injuries. That's a, that's a, that's a real upside pick, though, because if they think he's going to be back and he's going to be healthy, uh, it's kind of like my Adrian Peterson pick. You have to take him. I, I, it's very surprising to see other guys like Victor Cruz and Julio Jones go in front of him because if he's healthy, I've got him right behind the Calvin Johnson tier. It's Calvin Johnson, Hockey Knicks, and, you know, that's kind of the, the studs that you can count on. Uh, and he falls all the way to 310 based on the broken bones. So you got to think that value. It goes with Calvin. He had Calvin in the first round. So he's got Calvin and Knicks along with Jamal Charles. Roger Gonzalez is tearing it up. You better call the show, buddy, and we'll talk about that team. Let's move on to Team CBDC. Scott Schutte played second in this thing last year, so we know he knows what he's doing. He starts with Aaron Rodgers, A.J. Green, and Dez Bryant. A very dangerous tandem there of A.J. Green and Dez Bryant. Uh, Mike Trent, this is Dez's magical third year here. We saw Dez's potential. We, we saw it at Oklahoma State. We knew he had some character and head case type issues. He has kind of had a few of those, uh, you know, rear their ugly head a little bit. Uh, but at the end of the day, Des Bryant really showed what he was capable of when he faced up against Darrell Revis in week one of the season last year. Then he kind of faded away, and it didn't – Lawrence Robinson sort of took the role as the as the 1A behind Miles Austin and – or 1B behind Miles Austin and Jason Witten. So now that you exit Lawrence Robinson and, and you have a good offseason with Tony Romo, Des Bryant's a pretty exciting pick to get this late. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, you know – 
to be honest with you, Lauren Robinson, uh, he was able to take advantage of an injury situation, and, uh, you know, he filled in nicely. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, you've got your Des Bryant. Uh, you know, you got guys like that that are going to be solid for Dallas. And, you know, you, don't, you can't forget about uh, some others that are out there for Dallas that uh, I don't want to mention. But, uh, you know, Des Bryant, at that pick, is very solid. I mean, I was looking at him very hard. Uh, it just seems like uh, I get caught up uh, so much into, you know, getting those uh, running backs and, and things like that. I see uh, Michael Vick is off the board. Uh, another quarterback goes off the board. So, uh, you know, that's going to, you know, the quarterback, quarterback pool is starting to thin quite a bit. All right, we're going to get everybody caught up with these last few picks here. Uh, we are watching the NFFC and participating in the NFFC Live Draft Champions Draft uh, here tonight on Red versus Blue. We saw the Des Bryant pick go to Scott Schutte. Mike Watson takes Miles Austin, so two Dallas wide receivers back-to-back there. Uh, Mike takes Miles Austin to pair with Jordy Nelson and LaShawn McCoy. So, again, I don't see any question marks on that team so far. Donnie T., takes Jeremy Macklin, who arguably is already better and has surpassed Deshaun Jackson uh, in value. Jeremy Macklin, along with Brandon Marshall and Ray Rice. Uh, very good squad there through the third round. And then to finish us up, at the, the, the last pick of the third round, Percy Harvin, who had just a monstrous second half of the season last year when Adrian Peterson uh, had his injury. He pairs him with Mike Wallace and Arian Foster. That looks like my team uh, from last year that uh, went on to a 10th-place finish. Percy Harvin, uh, the last pick of the third round, this kid can just absolutely do it all. Uh, you, you hear some rumors about Jerome Simpson making some noise there. Christian Ponder, is he the answer or isn't he? We're not too sure, but you know for a fact that Percy Harvin's going to be involved. The migraines were an issue for a lot of drafters last year. Not so much this year. We saw what he could do. He had a huge breakout year. Uh, Percy Harvin from Florida State. He, he gets the gets the carries. You can expect, you know, thirty, maybe forty carries. And you know, if, if there's another opportunity for that, I'm not sure. With with the health of Adrian Peterson, it really hinges on that. But let's talk about what what Eric did to add to Percy Harvin. He brings on Michael Vick, so he gets his quarterback. Because if you've looked at these ADPs, and and Mark, I'll turn I'll turn this one over to you. If you look at those ADPs, those quarterbacks. They really start going around that four or five range. And that fifth round, they're really starting to fly off the board. So pretty smart for Eric to have that foresight and take that quarterback. He pairs Michael Vick with Foster, Mike Wallace, and Percy Harvin. What do you think of that squad? Yeah, definitely. That's a good idea to take up Vick at that time. If You have two options, either take one of your quarterbacks or not. That's because that, you see how in the first two rounds everyone went crazy with it. Vick is kind of your segue that, that, that changes everyone around for your next batch of quarterbacks there. So he's got that, that top tier, the top of the, the the next tier of quarterbacks there, and the rest of us will kind of follow, follow suit as they come. You see Tomo just got picked up. Um, so I think over the next two rounds, you'll see the rest of the, uh, I would say, another four quarterbacks going at least within the next uh, four, round four and round five. So let's get everybody caught up after that. And we've already had four picks in the fourth round, and here we go. Michael Vick starts us off. Ahmad Bradshaw is Missouri's number two running back uh, behind Ray Rice. Kenny Britt is is Mike's number 
three wide receiver, you've got to love the talent of, of Kenny Britt. You've got to hate the concerns of his of his decision making and his injury from last year. But you've got to you've got to think they're going to open that offense up this year uh, with that quarterback. Um, Yet to be decided between Matt Hasselback and Jake Locker. I love what Locker brings to that uh, that potential for that offense. Doug Martin, a rookie running back, is the second rookie running back. We're not really sure exactly what his role is. We hear Legarrette Blunt is taking first team snaps with this with the offense. So maybe Legarrette Blunt is not just done just yet. Uh, I'd love to hear what Scott Schutte has to say about Doug Martin because at this point in the draft, he needed a number one running back. And he's putting his eggs, uh, his RB1 eggs, in with Doug Martin as the, the number one running back. That's going to be very uh, a very risky risky move when you think about some of the other names that were there at the time. Uh, not not names I'm particularly high on at this point. Gore, uh, Green Ellis, Beanie Wells, Legarrette Blunt. Not names that really inspire a lot of confidence. Um, at this point in the draft, you've, you've kinda, you kind of he's kind of rolling the dice and going for upside. So can't say as I blame him. Mike, you just took uh, we're gonna you just took Demarius Thomas. So you you obviously have uh, some faith in Peyton Manning's arm here. He's your number two wide receiver. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, I I really wanted Demarius uh, because you know he showed so much uh, toward the tail end of last year. The last uh, three four weeks uh, of last year was incredible. And, you know, just given given the time uh, to deal with uh, Peyton and uh, those guys working together, I just I just sense that this guy is going to have just a humongous year. Well, there's a, a lot of us feel that way about a, a lot of wide receivers. It really feels like a very deep draft for wide receivers this year. That's kind of how I feel, uh, and I'm kind of gambling. I'm a, I'm a riverboat gambler at this point. I don't have a wide receiver on the board, and and uh, several other guys have have several. Fantasy QB uh, Dominic Laferriere already has four rounds in the book and no wide receiver as well, so he kind of feels like I do. He took Aaron Hernandez right after you took Demarius Thomas. Now let me back up a couple. Marquez Colston went off the board to Roger Gonzalez, high stakes veteran, big time money winner, and Tony Romo, that Diesel mentioned, is off the board. As the seventh quarterback off the board already, and we're only four rounds in, we saw five, a record five in the first round. I don't think I've ever been in a draft, Mike, that's had five quarterbacks in the first right. round. So you've definitely seen a changing in this fantasy landscape when we're already seeing five quarterbacks taken in the first round. It's really unheard of. Six points per touchdown. These guys are getting, you know, uh, 5,000-yard seasons and 30, 35, 40 touchdowns. So I can understand why they feel that way. Uh, again, it is a draft champions, draft expert style, so it's a best ball lineup. If you've never played in one of these, you just set it and forget it. You draft it, you don't worry about it, and let, let the chips fall where they may, and the best possible starters every single week will start. So that's the beauty of this lineup. There, there are no starting lineups. And, and you know, how, how often does it happen to you, Mike, where you have a couple of good players at that position and you start the wrong one and left your points on the bench and you take a loss, it doesn't happen here, and that's kind of the intriguing part and why this game continues to grow every single year. You know, Scott, last year uh, when I drafted in this, I drafted one defense, two kickers, and one of the kickers was hurt the, the entire year. Uh, but, you know, I'm not saying kickers and defense are important, but, you know, I went, you know, one week I'm going, what the heck is going on? Next thing I know, Marshawn Lynch, I'm going, did I draft him? I'm like, 
Uh, yeah, obviously, because, I mean, he was scoring a ton of points. So you just never know. That's why in this uh, in this in this format, the rounds ten through twenty, they are that important. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. Mike, we had this discussion a while back. Uh, I'm going to look at. I'm going to tell you right now again. Aaron Hernandez goes um, to Dominic, uh, and in the fourth round, and you've got to think that this that Aaron Hernandez, especially if Gronkowski is out for any amount of time, becomes the number one. You know, one of the, the number one or number two tight ends in all the league. That guy has the kid has so much talent, uh, and, and it almost it made me feel when they signed Jake Ballard uh, just a few days ago that they were maybe they were maybe preparing for you know life uh, without you know Gronk or something. I don't know why they why they pull a move like that, but you know, or maybe they're preparing for life without Aaron Hernandez. Like they can't afford two elite tight ends. You're gonna have to pay that kid Aaron Hernandez a big contract when it comes time even if he's limited in this offense because teams know that kid can play. You know, that was very interesting, Scott, and I know you're going to be on the clock. Uh, you'll be on the clock after Henry, but, uh, you know, that that struck me odd uh, that they would go ahead and sign him, but uh, they they did it for a reason. Uh, they obviously understand that, uh, you know, there's some window closing there, uh, so they want to hit, they want to go ahead and do that um, as uh, Vincent Jackson goes off the board, uh, wide receiver Vincent Jackson. But you know, New England they don't they don't mess up too much. And wh- the reason I say that is because you know when they're picking up players, it's it's like okay, it's almost like win a player. We're going to rent this player for this period of time and see what happens uh, because they always have a backup plan, and it just never fails that. Uh, New England will get that backup plan, and that backup plan works. But I know you're, uh, I know you're still on the clock, and uh, I didn't see what your last pick was. But uh, we've got, uh, we still got a lot of, a uh, lot of great, a uh, lot of great players out there, and uh, we're just looking for uh, quarterbacks and uh, quarterbacks and tight ends. I mean, they're just, uh, they're flying. I mean, they're going everywhere. You get uh, Beagle's first tier of tight ends, and uh, Scott, you just uh, uh Eli Manning. Uh, interesting. Hey, Mike. You know we've had this discussion before on the on the show, and we said, hey, it, it, when push comes to shove, which Manning do you take this year, Eli or Peyton? And we both agreed we take Eli for the first time in yes. their careers. Uh, people are taking Eli Manning ahead of Peyton now. Not this league, not in this draft. We did see Peyton Manning go just a few picks before. I didn't want to be that guy, man. I really didn't want to be that guy that took Peyton Manning. Jason Steve's falling. He waits till the fourth round and gets arguably the best quarterback to ever play the game. He won't be the best quarterback in the league this year, but he, he feels like a lock for 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns. I mean, that just feels like if he's healthy, Peyton Manning will do that. I think Eli, I think that's his floor. I mean, we've seen that, and he has weapons. And they've really opened up this offense. I don't think there's a better clutch player in the game right now than Eli Manning. I mean, I think he well, proved it last you know, year, and and that's uh, he's going in the fifth round this year. It, it's just uh, it's just again disrespect for one of the best players in the game, and Eli Manning. Well, I, I agree, Scott, and uh, Eli Manning. I mean, he's been uh, he's been a goldmine for me the last uh, two three years. Uh, what you got to remember right now, though, is this previous draft, that entire division, Washington, Dallas, et cetera, Philly, they shored up uh, 
uh, short up their defensive ends, uh, secondaries, safeties, everything. I mean, because they were allowing a lot of stuff to happen. So I think Eli will have a good year. I don't know if it's going to be as good as the last two, though. Well, it's yet to be seen. They do lose Brandon Jacobs. They do bring in a a a real threat out of the backfield, David Wilson. So you've got kind of a Bradshaw clone coming in instead of a compliment to Bradshaw, kind of a Bradshaw clone. So that tells me they want to continue to open up this offense. Mike, they also drafted one of the best wide receivers in the draft in Ruben Randall from LSU. They really have made a commitment to really opening up this offense. I love what they're doing. They're putting all their eggs in the Eli Manning basket and saying this is your team. So you're starting to see finally the chips come away from Tom Coughlin, you know, where the old ground and pound type defense, uh, I mean, he, he's had a little bit of everything in his years with Jacksonville. Uh, but you're really starting to see this become Eli Manning's team, kind of like we saw Peyton Manning take over the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I, I do want to mention, I want to get everybody caught up with the draft as it's been going on. I continue to post the draft in the chat room for everybody to see. After the Aaron Hernandez pick, Team Harrison took Antonio Brown as his number two wide receiver. Uh, very good breakout season for Antonio Brown last year. You've got to think that he'll follow that up and make an even bigger impact on that team this year. Diesel took his third running back in Reggie Bush. We'll definitely get his thoughts on that here in a second. Stevie Johnson gets drafted by Get Paddle. That's his number two wide receiver. Uh, we talked about Peyton Manning. Then we said Vincent Jackson was taken by Henry Muto as his number one wide receiver. New environment in Tampa Bay. Josh Freeman is new number one target. Let's see how he does. With that coach, Greg Schiano from Rutgers, he loves the ground and pound, so that's why you're going to see a lot of LeGarrette Blunt, a lot of Doug Martin, but it should make things a whole lot easier on those wide, those wide receivers this year. Excuse me. And then I followed up with Dwayne Bowe. Now, Mike, I want, to, I want to briefly discuss Dwayne Bowe, and I'm so ecstatic to be able to get this guy here. I was looking at about 314, 313 range. I'm like, there's a chance I can get this guy. And I tweeted about him earlier today uh, at Red Blue Radio, if you want to follow my tweets, at Red Blue Radio. I tweeted, I said, who's the most disrespected wide receiver in the league this year? It's Dwayne Moe. Last year, he had an injury to Matt Castle. Who do you have throwing him the ball? I can't even tell you who was throwing him the ball. He didn't have anything. Now, this year, and they didn't have Jamal Charles. They had a real mess of an offense. Uh, the year before that, the guy in the top five wide receiver. Busting out big games left and right. You remember those games, Mike. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, he's being totally disrespected. Now, there is a commitment to the ground game this year. They do bring in Peyton Hillis. They're going to give those guys a lot more carries. But I think that's going to make things even easier for Dwayne Bowe this year. And you put him back in there with Matt Castle. You give him a legitimate tight end. They lost Moyaki too. A lot of injuries on that team. And to see him taking look, with no quarterback last year, he was, he was wide receiver 14. Now he's being drafted like in the 22 range. Let me count these up. 5, 6, 7, 10, 11, 12, 15, 17, 19, 20, 23. He's being drafted at wide receiver 23, and he was number 14 with no quarterback, no running back, and no tight end last year. I think it's a very safe pick. So that's all I'm going to say about it. Let, let, me, let me keep going. Mike's on the clock. Diesel, I've got you here, buddy. You just took your fifth-round pick in Jason Witten. You finally secured a tight end. And you got a really, really good one. I'm all over Witten in the uh, in the fifth round, man. I, you know the the guys taking Gronk 
And, uh, you know, Graham I can understand. Uh, Gronk is a tough pick in the second round. I think he went this uh, round. Because Hernandez, I believe, is every bit as good as uh, Gronk, and there's only so many touchdowns Brady's going to throw. But I do believe Brady's going to throw a lot of touchdowns. Don't get me wrong. But if I'm taking my choice, Witten in the fifth round or Gronk in the second, I feel like I'm I, I, 100% of the time I'm going to take Witten uh, three, four rounds later. I like the picks that I'm seeing here. I like Isaac Redman here, uh, the fifth the fifth round selection for for Dominic Lefferriere. Isaac Redman has the starting job wrapped up. You're getting a starting running back in the league in the middle of the fifth. You could say the same thing about Jason Steves getting Frank Gore, the, the third pick in the fifth round. He's getting a starting running back now. There are concerns about Frank Gore. His production has been slowing down. If you didn't watch what watch it last year. He's not getting the carries uh, that he once did. Uh, they're, they're bringing in competition. They brought they drafted a young back. They brought in a free agent back, and they drafted a back last year. So you've got Hunter. You've got Michael James. You've got Brandon Jacobs. You've got a very crowded backfield there. And you've got another running back probably going to be a fullback this year. So it's a very crowded situation for Gore. You have to think that this is kind of the last hurrah tour for Frank Gore. If you're a dynasty owner, you've got to try to sell him. This year, probably before the season starts, I drafted uh, or I traded him. I traded him in a league for a Pierre Garcon and got a draft pick that I used. So, those are the types of trades you need to kind of throw out there as feelers to see what people think of Frank Gore. Do they feel like he's still the same Frank Gore, or do they realize what a lot of us do, and that this is probably his last, last, uh, you know, last performance here? As a as a starting running back in the NFL, a running back one, he's more like a running back two to me, borderline running back three. Diesel, do you feel the same way, or am I off base here? No, I definitely agree with that. Um, no, he's a good pickup, definitely. San Fran makes me think of uh, sports betting man Lance. He had, uh, if you remember, if you know who he is, he he told me if you can't beat him. Uh, take their players and steal their playbook. And they got Jacobs backing up Gore. I think that's a good team there. And when they pick up Jacobs and um, and Manningham, they also get the entire Giants playbook. And that, that rang a bell when uh, you and Mike were talking about uh, Ballard, how the Patriots picked up him. You know, even though they're not going to use him for a year, with each player comes the entire playbook that he can remember. Um, and if you can't beat him, steal that playbook. Mike, you've uh, you've you've had an interesting draft here, buddy. You get your fifth round quarterback, and again, fifth round looks like the place to take your quarterback when you can get a guy like Philip Rivers. Man, great job waiting on the quarterback, having that patience, and seeing what's going to be there. And sure enough, Philip Rivers, you've got to be real happy with that, Mike. Yeah, you know, and, and it's funny, Scott, because I was between uh, Philip Rivers and. Uh, Matt Ryan, and, you know, Roger, uh, he, he grabbed Matt Ryan uh, right behind me, well, two, two picks later. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased uh, to go ahead and show up that quarterback, uh, well, my first quarterback, uh, with Phillip Rivers because, you know, I, I got to do it. And if it didn't get done then, then it probably wouldn't get done. Where are these other drafters at, guys? Uh, you know, call the show, 347-324-5404. Don't be afraid. Let's talk about your team. Let's. Let's pick it apart. Let's analyze what you've done, what you're doing. Uh, 347-324-5404 is the number. Now, one of the, my objects of my affection here, Eric Decker just went off the board um, right at the end of the fifth round here. So what is that? That's, um, that's pick 69. Pick 69, Eric Decker, you have to like where he's being drafted because if you're in a Peyton Manning offense, 
Uh, you have to think that he's going to really connect with those receivers. We've already heard good things about that. And Donnie T takes Eric Decker as his number three wide receiver. He could be a legitimate number two. We don't know for sure, but I think we'll learn a lot in the early preseason about how these guys are are uh, getting together. Let's get everybody caught up with this fifth round. Again, it starts with Eli Manning, Antonio Gates, Frank Gore, Finley, Jason Witten, Deshaun Jackson goes to Team Harrison as his number three wide receiver. Isaac Redman is Dominic's number three running back. Phillip Rivers goes to Michael Trent as his quarterback. Vernon Davis off the board again. Tremendous value at a tight end. Well played, Frank Matsko. If you can wait till the fifth round and get a tight end the caliber of Vernon Davis. Guys, Vernon Davis in the regular season, Vernon Davis in the postseason. If he gets a Vernon Davis from the postseason, he's just made the steal of the draft because here we are. Uh, we've already taken three, four, five, six. He's the seventh tight end off the board, and you're getting a Vernon Davis. If it's the postseason version, again, I think it's the steal of the draft. So well played there. Matt Ryan. Goes to sideline, saves Roger Gonzalez. Again, they're opening that offense up. It keeps getting better and better for Matt Ryan. If you look at the second-half splits for Matt Ryan, uh, he's a top-five quarterback. Brandon Lloyd, the new home in New England, uh, goes to Scott Schutte as his number three wide receiver. And you have to think that he's going to be uh, Tom Brady's fourth option. Now, he's your third wide receiver, and he's Tom Brady's fourth option on the team. But, again, he is reunited with Josh McDaniels. We know that means big things for Brandon Lloyd. It's going to be a very nice season for Brandon Lloyd if he stays healthy. Beanie Wells goes to Mike Watson as his number two running back in the fifth round. Beanie Wells has the competition with Ryan Williams. He has a little bit of a dinged up. Some people would say that Ryan Williams is even a little more healthier than Beanie Wells at this point right now in the season. Uh, and we'll see. We'll have to see how Beanie Wells progresses, and if he can, uh, you know, take a uh, make a legitimate run as a top uh, top option at running back. We talked about the Eric Decker pick for Donnie T. Excellent pick there, the number three. And here's where it starts to get a little funky. Um, yep. Eric Hulsberg takes Javid Best, the last pick of the fifth round. Huge upside pick. Perfect for this format. I absolutely love it because you don't have to start him. You can let those big games happen. He's going to bust a 60-yarder. He's going to bust a 50-yarder. Somewhere along the lines, he's going to have big games. He might not be the guy that you can count on every week, but with a point-per-reception lead, you know you're going to get work from this kid. And as long as he can avoid that concussion uh, you know, situation, you've got a guy that will plug in for you as the number two running back behind Arian Foster. And then I think Eric makes probably the smartest play of the draft so far. He doesn't wait. He doesn't get greedy. He can do a lot of things at this point in the draft. You know what he does? He backs up Arian Foster with Ben Tate. Very smart move because I've seen a lot of drafts this year where the Arian Foster owner waits too long, gets too greedy, and then he misses out on him altogether. So, Mark, Ben Tate to pair up with Arian Foster. You talked about the handcuff situation. You had to do it there. Once you get that second guy in a in a draft champions format, you're set. There's not if you're going to roll with a guy where there's another guy that you're worried about. Once you get that second guy, you're done. That's that's the entire uh, your your whole theory, your whole format, your whole uh, plan. If you're going to draft a guy where there's a guy like Tate behind him, now he doesn't have to worry about a single uh, run, a single touchdown, a single yard. On, on the Houston uh, running running team, no matter what happens, it's going to go on a starting lineup, scoring points. I love it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Way to go, Eric. 
Uh, Donnie T takes Ben Roethlisberger. Again, another disrespected quarterback uh, in a Bruce Arians offense. You have to think that um, the kid uh, still still a still a great player, excellent excellent big big time potential for a Ben Roethlisberger to be able to get him in the sixth round in a draft Champions League. You got to like it. It's you know Donnie T said something earlier in the chat room. I don't understand the fascination with quarterbacks in this type of format. Well, you know, there's a lot to be said for that because he can pair up two or three quarterbacks and they're going to match the production or be real close to the big dogs uh, at the end of the season. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis goes to Mike Watson with as his third running back in the sixth round behind Beanie Wells and LaShawn McCoy. New environment for Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, a law firm. Uh, he's going to be sharing some carries with Bernard Scott there. Uh, some people think he's going to be the workhorse. Some people see it as a 50-50, 60-40 split for, for Green Ellis. Uh, I, you have to, I, I have to think that in that, in that division, he's got a very tall task. You know, you're taking on an improved Cleveland defense. You've got the Steelers. You've got the Ravens. There's six tough games there, and you're going to open this offense up with A.J. Green and those other weapons. Um, but I think he will be a contributor week to week. I think he will be part of the offense question is just exactly how they're going to use him out of the backfield. Is he going to get the points per reception? Very difficult situation. Kind of, You need the crystal ball to figure out what Ben Jarvis Green Elf is going to be this year. Followed by Jonathan Stewart, Sean Green, C.J. Spiller, and James Starks for Michael Trent. James, Mike, I'm going to tell you something. I've got a little star here by this 91 pick here this, in this ADP, James Starks. You're getting a starting running back for the Green Bay Packers in the sixth round. What do you think about James Starks? You obviously like him. Yeah, I, I did uh, did a lot of looking earlier today, and uh, you know, I, I just think that I think he'll fit. I, I, he can do everything. He can run, uh, and he can. He's great out of the backfield uh, reception. So, I, you know, it's kind of a risky play. Knowing what I had in front of me, uh, with uh, there's a lot of uh, running backs that are right in front of me, but I, I just. I was on starts. Azuri's correcting me in the chat room. Haley is the OC in Pitt now, Scott. Absolutely agreed. Uh, Bruce Arians has departed uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Fred Davis, I've got a little arrow by this pick, man. i got to tell you, if you wait on a tight end and you're able to snag Fred Davis in the sixth round, here's another money pick for you. Way to go, James Harrison. Fred Davis, I love that. You waited, you waited, you waited, and bam, you struck with the eighth tight end off the board, Fred Davis. Again, I look at it like there's about ten elite tight ends in the league or in the draft, and if if somebody doesn't take two, you're probably going to have a good chance at one. And sure enough, he waits until the sixth round and gets Fred Davis. Uh, Very, very, very well done. The running back uh, had kind of dried up there a little bit, so to speak. And so uh, I can see what's happening. Torrey Smith went with the pick before that. Torrey Smith is a lot of people's uh, fantasy uh, sleeper this year. He played through an injury all of last season, uh, come to find out. A lot of deep ball potential, a lot of speed. You have Joe Flacco and Anquan Bolden in that offense. You've got Ray Rice. It's really a Ray Rice team. But a lot of people are expecting a big season out of Torrey Smith, maybe upwards of 70 catches this year, 1,000, maybe 1,100 yards. Can he be a 10-touchdown guy? I don't know on that offense. Blacko's going to have to really develop some serious chemistry, but Torrey Smith is a weapon, and Dominic takes him as his number one wide receiver in the sixth round. 
so way to go there. James Harrison again takes Fred Davis. Diesel takes Jay Cutler, waiting until the sixth round to get Jay Cutler. Uh, man, you know what? Uh, i got to tell you something. Mark, I could seriously consider waiting until the sixth, seventh turn to take my quarterback, and it all hinged on the players around that range, Jay Cutler uh, range, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to risk it. But for you to be able to get him there, very good value. I'm going to go ahead and try to make my pick, and, and I'm going to let you talk about that Jay Cutler pick. I had uh, Roethlisberger just a, a, a tad above him, uh, but he went about seven picks before me. Cutler was next on my list, and I I, uh, I feel Cutler with Marshall is the guy I want. I haven't uh, targeted Cutler in a few years, but with Marshall back, he's the exact guy I was targeting uh, at this spot. So to wait this long, yeah, uh, I'm pretty content with Cutler. And it gets kind of thin from here on in. So he was the top of my list at that time. And, man, I I, I waited about as long as you could possibly wait to get a quarterback in this kind of format. Hey, hey Mark, uh, this Mike, good job, man. I mean, uh, you know, just – just to wait, 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 be patient, and you never know. Uh, but Brandon Marshall, I think, is going to have a huge year. I mean, this guy is just – I mean, he's wanting hes wanting to be on a winner. Uh, this could be a good chance for him to be on a winner. Uh, and this opens the door up for Cutler. And so I, I just uh, – I think it's a good pick. But, you know, every, 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 every pick's a good pick. But uh, you never know. But Mark uh, – you know, expand on uh, Brandon Marshall a little bit. What do you think about him? With Cutler, I don't think there's any doubt, man. Cutler and Marshall have a chemistry that just can't be broken. It doesn't matter what team they're on. There's just certain uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers that gel well. Um doesn't matter about your attitude, about your uh, your ego or whatever. Those two click. And as long as the both of them are healthy, that's a one-two punch that's nearly unstoppable. I think uh, Marshall's going to have a great year. Um, and Cutler's going to have uh, a year where I could definitely, I, I would think, as long as he stays healthy again, um, that he'll validate that six-round pick for me right there. Right, right. Well, I, th- I think it's solid, Mark. And, uh, you know, I'm going I'm to run you down this year. That's for sure. I, I mean, I tried to last year. Uh, I finished third. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to try to run you down and uh, run uh, run Scott down. That's for sure. You and Scott. <laughs> well, what I've done last year, I felt comfortable because I took Breeze in the second round. When you take one of those top quarterbacks, you watch as everyone else tries to pick up the Cutlers like I just did later on in the draft, and you're secure. There's a feeling where when you're secure of your quarterback position, it's a lot easier to grab those other guys. I went the other route this year, and I got I picked up three uh, running backs with MJD, Sproles, and Bush because there's a PPR format, and I think it ran out quick. So I went the other way, and I'm picking out the quarterbacks instead of the running backs like I did last year. Um, and if it works out, we'll see what happens, man. Uh, the $10,000 is a big, big difference than last year with that $60, $60 draft, Mike. You got that right. All right, guys. Uh, you know what? Uh, we've, we've seen a lot of good picks. I got Roy Hughes stolen right in front of me by Henry Muto. You've got to think he's very happy about that. Uh, having Roy Helu picked right before me was kind of uh, made me hurt because it was the only running back that I really considered there. And I, I ended up taking Matt Schaub at the turn along with Pierre Garçon. Look, uh, I needed to get another quarterback on the board. I wanted a kind of a, a guy that has that 4,000-yard potential uh, with, a, with a very improved offense. I mean, look, at the end of the day, 
the Texans have to be one of the, play, the one of the favorites in the AFC to reach the Super Bowl this year. They just look fantastic. And you've got to think, again, it is Arian Foster's team, and they, they did that without Matt Schaub. You bring a healthy Matt Schaub back, and I, I like that combo. Now I, I don't have to worry about my quarterback as much. I can kind of sit back and relax, kind of like Diesel was talking about. Those guys in the first round, they're not going to touch a quarterback forever, okay? They're going to, they're going to bank on their quarterback to, to last them, and they're going to start gobbling up picks here uh, where we're going to all have to take our two quarterbacks. That's that kind of an edge. It does make a lot of sense. Um, they get a, they get basically an extra seventh round pick out of the deal when you when you look at it that way. Um, we we on the other hand we have a stud in the first round so that they don't have it's kind of a trade off. It's one of the interesting more more fascinating parts of uh, fantasy football drafts this year is seeing how the elite stud quarterback story play out. I'd like to do a study at the end of the year to see how many teams that took a top quarterback as their first pick ended up winning their league. I think we need to look at that and analyze that and really study it to death. Is that the new wave of the future in fantasy football, or is it maybe the tight end, or is it still the conventional running back wide receiver mix? It's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, again, like Mark said earlier, most of your drafts are won in the later rounds. You know, you're picking up the Darren Sproles in the 15th round. That'll win it for you every time. It really helps you out when you when you pick and land on a guy like that. And, and as long as you didn't break something in the rest of your draft, that's what you want to be careful of. Don't break your draft, even if you feel like you're behind. Don't break the draft by reaching and overreaching and trying to make pull something out of thin air. That's where you'll make your mistakes. Just play it safe. Take your time. Make a take a, take a solid player. Doesn't have to be a, a breakout end of the world player. Just take a safe player that you know will perform, and then hopefully you'll get one of those breakouts later in the draft. That's when you can start firing your darts after you have your starting lineup fulfilled. So. We did miss out on a couple of picks at the end of the sixth number. I'm going to get everybody caught up. Jay Cutler to Diesel we talked about. Steven Ridley, uh, the potential starter, uh, gets drafted by Greg Diesler. Tony Gonzalez gets taken by Jason Steves as his number one tight end in the sixth round. We talked about Roy Hilu being stolen by uh, uh, Mr. Henry Muto. And then I took Matt Schaub. I followed it up with Pierre Garçon. Here's a guy that was wide receiver 30 or 29 last year being drafted as wide receiver 30 this year. He had no quarterback to speak of. He's moving to a Robert Griffin offense and Mike Shanahan where he's going to be the number one 1A option there. I think it's going to be a lot better for Pierre Garçon. He's an up-and-comer. I'm excited to see what he does. D'Angelo Williams was the name I considered. He goes to Henry Muto with the second pick of the seventh round. Robert Meacham, new territory the number one wide receiver for your San Diego Superchargers, Robert Meacham, new environment. Can he do it? I didn't want to take the risk. Uh, Jason Steves took it. Let's go ahead and bring on Eric Hillitsburg. He's he's drafted as the number one team. Roll, route you out. And, Eric, we just saw Robert Meacham taken in the third pick of the seventh round. What do you think about that? Hey, guys, what's going on tonight? We're having yeah, a lot Meacham. of fun. Yeah, Meacham, I think Meacham's going to have a good year. It's nice value there with him that late. He's a guy that you have to think in a new environment and getting a vote of confidence from a new team has to feel good. Uh, the only competition he has is Antonio Gates and Malcolm Floyd. Matthews is going to pound the rock. You have to think he's going to have a good season. I just don't – I hate the – it's very difficult to get behind a guy like Robert Meacham when, you know, 40 catches was your year last year in, a, in an offense like the Saints – and it's going to get better with Rivers, uh, that's just, I'm, I'm just kind of waiting to see and figure that out. I mean, they had a lot of weapons in New Orleans. Granted, it is a totally different scenario now for him. He's going to be a much bigger part of the offense to Phillip Rivers than he was to New Orleans. 
But let's talk about your team real quick, Eric, before you're on the clock. You did stand up Arian Foster with Ben Tate. Takes a lot of guts to do it, and you did it. Uh, was that a plan going in? Yeah, that was a plan going in. I had, I had to jump, jump a little bit early, like you said, because if I waited, he probably would have been gone. Drafting at the end like I am, I don't think he would have been there coming back around now into round seven, round eight. So I had, I had to grab a little bit earlier. Uh, I love I love the pick. I think it's I think it's a very smart play. I'm gonna go ahead and post a link in the chat room for everybody to see it. There you go, guys. You got a link to the chat room. It's actually I'm taking a screenshot of the chat of the draft board and then pasting it into the uh, chat room. But it's working. Um, we've got um, we've got Eric getting ready to getting ready to make a pick here. I don't want to distract you, my man. Um, you, you're about four picks away. I'm, I'm sure you're looking at your draft list. So let me let me turn it over to Mike Trent. Mike, you took. Mark Ingram, New Orleans running back, his the rookie running back from last year that seemed like he was struck by injuries, never did really get out of the funk, and you take him as your fourth running back. Now you can only start three, Mike, right? Right. Okay, just making sure that we're on the same page. <laughs> we're playing the same game, right? <laughs> we are on the same game. We are on the okay. same game. I'm just uh, drafting kind of like I did last year, you know, because you. You just never know. You gotta, you gotta have a backup plan, and I wouldn't mind drafting another one the next round. So, uh, you know, you just it's it's just the way it works. Uh, Mark Ingram, in my opinion, was the best one available. I know he can be injury plagued. Uh, Pierre Thomas is going to have some uh, touches there, but uh, I still feel like uh, Mark Ingram is going to make an impact there. You know, we also saw. We also saw Mark. We saw Felix Jones get taken. You got to think that the Marco Murray owner here uh, passed on Felix, and maybe you know he took the Denarius Moore there instead. Uh, Dominic Laferriere took Denarius Moore when he could have had a Felix Jones handcuff for the Marco Murray. Is that a is that a true handcuff in your opinion? I mean, it, it feels like the definition of a handcuff. A total upside guy. If the Marco gets hurt, Felix becomes the lead back, and we know he's dangerous if he's healthy. Yeah, sounds like it to me. I mean, you know that that's the only way to draft right now. I mean, because it's a it's a, it's a two backfield, two backfield. Well, I guess uh, Scott Schutte says, ha ha ha. He takes Toby Gerhardt from the Adrian Peterson owner right here. Uh, yeah. I got greedy, wanted to make sure I got my wide receiver. So Toby Toby Gerhardt is off the board. That becomes his number three running back. I don't really know if I understand that pick unless you're really feeling like Adrian Peterson is not going to play this year. I mean, Scott, come on. I'd love to hear your de- your defense of this pick because, you know, it just seems like he's not uh, he's not somebody that you're going to be able to count on week in or week out after maybe the first couple of weeks once Adrian Peterson starts getting it going again. Uh, so I'd love to hear what's going on there unless it was kind of a ha-ha, gotcha, Scott type pick. I mean, I, I understand, you know, but uh, you want to <laughs> knock off. You know the big bad red blue radio announcer, but uh, uh, let's let's finish up. Eric is on the clock and he is looking for a tight end. Perhaps he's got three running backs, two wide receivers. Maybe he's got a sleeper tight end at this point. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the tight ends and I see a a, a, still a lot of good names here: Teller, Daniels, Cook, Tammy, Winslow, Rudolph. uh, You know Dallas Clark, Keith Miller, guys that you can definitely plug in. You don't have to necessarily spend the pick. And he takes Jermaine Gresham. That's why I didn't see him. It was uh, taken off the board there. Jermaine Gresham becomes the 8-1 pick for 
Eric Hillsberg, Jermaine Gresham is one of those guys that they love his potential. Big guy, big target. In an offense like Andy Dalton, you have to you have to love what the potential of this guy in the red zone. You have to think that those opportunities are going to go up this year, and maybe he's poised for that breakout. Eric, that, that, that's obviously how you feel at this point. Yeah, I like Gresham, but I was leaning with Selleck there, but uh, Sage got me and, and snagged up Selleck, so uh, Gresham was kind of the backup plan there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I absolutely love the Selleck pick this year. If you've heard what they're talking about, uh, Selleck was on recently and was interviewed, and he said, you know what, Mike Vick, he finally started to see me out there. And over the second half, the last five games of the season, he really came on and started to become an integral part of that offense. And it's like he had disappeared once Michael Vick took over. It, it's taken Vick about a year and a half to find Brent Selleck. Now that he's found him, you have to think he's going to start zeroing in. So excellent value uh, for Roger Gonzalez getting his tight end in the seventh round, and you as well with Jermaine Gresham uh, in the eighth. So let's talk about the more interesting pick there, Michael Crabtree a guy that his first full off season, you know, last year we had the the uh, the holdout, uh, the lockout for the league. The year before that, he was a he was a holdout, and so he never really did get the, the the practice that he needed. So this year he gets a full healthy off season, no injuries. Talk about the Michael Crabtree pick because you take him as your third wide receiver. Yeah, Crabtree. I, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before I had him. I think I ended up releasing him after six or seven weeks. And I was surprised when I went back and looked at the numbers, how well he did, I guess, the second half of last year. Uh, so kind of a crowded receiver field now in San Francisco, but I think he developed a pretty good rapport with Alex Smith. So, you know, hopefully he can have a solid year for me. Yeah, and I think that's what you're looking for out of a number three pick. He, he definitely was a high reception guy last year. They didn't really look for him in the end zone as much as I as I thought they, they might for, for the type of player that he is around the end zone. So, Hopefully Alex Smith kind of gets that rapport with Michael Crabtree so we can see his true potential. Uh, did we miss some picks here? I think we missed uh, a few of these seventh-round picks. We talked about Robert Meacham. Uh, Greg Dietzler took uh, Willis McGahey. I absolutely love that pick as a number three running back on your team, a Peyton Manning offense. you got to think that's going to be a very potent running back situation. He hasn't really seemed to slow down very much, uh, Willis McGahey. They do draft the rookie, Ronnie Hillman. We'll have to see how that will play out. Brandon Pettigrew gets taken by Mark Quist, the champ. Uh, this is why he's the champ, a high reception guy in Brandon Pettigrew, a very potent offense, uh, a team that's in the red zone a lot. Brandon Pettigrew, uh, Stafford seems to look his way. He carried me in the FFPC last year, and here he is, Brandon Pettigrew, being taken in the seventh round in the NFFC. Uh, Mark, at your number two tight end. you got to feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I definitely went heavy with the running backs. Um, took Witten a couple rounds before, and because I'm rolling with Roddy White, I do have a stud. That's great, but I'm a little weak uh, for now at, at wide receiver. I supplemented that by being able to put uh, Pettigrew on my flex spot on any given week, and I think uh, you know he's shown that he's an 80-plus reception tight end. Uh, really, if you, how many wide receivers are going to get 80 receptions from here on in in the draft? Uh, there might be a, a few diamonds in the rough there, but. Um, I was happy with, uh, with grabbing him where I got him. All right. We are live at the Red vs. Blue NFFC Live Draft Experts Challenge. It's a $10,000 top prize on the line. Uh, there should be 50 to 60 leagues this year, maybe even more. 
Everybody's ponying up $150. 950 goes to the league champ, which is the highest scoring team of the 14 teams. So it's time to go for broke now, gentlemen. You've got pretty much the core of your team set. It's time to go for broke. Take the pick. Make it stick. And uh, let's see what we can't do for a breakout. We've got after the Jermaine Gresham pick, Robert Griffin III goes off to Donnie T. That's his number two quarterback. Josh Freeman's off the board to Mike Watson. That's his number one quarterback. He's counting on a lot from a, a, a big bounce year for Josh Freeman. Jacob Tammy, the target of my affection at tight end this year, um, goes to Scott Schutte. That's his number one tight end, and I think he's got himself a steal there, Mike. Mike's friend is actually on the clock, so I'm going to give him a second to rebound right. from that. I'm good. I'm good. I went ahead and right. Okay. Eric, what do you think about Jacob Tammy uh, as a tight end in the seventh round this year? Yeah, I, I think it's a good pick. Uh, you know, he's going to be uh, last up with uh, Peyton, so uh, we'll see. We'll see whatever. Uh, you know, it's all predicated on Peyton and what Peyton does. But if if that offensive line is fine, uh, then you better watch it because I'm going to tell you what Denver is going to be. Uh, they're they're going to make some. Uh, they're really going to make some things happen because they've got the receivers. They got the tight end and Jacob Tammy and a lot of things going on. So if Peyton's healthy, if he's fine, then you better watch out. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how that's going to play out in Denver. I think it's going to be. I'm looking forward to watching a lot of their games this year. Well, again, Peyton Manning, the, you don't teach an old dog new tricks, and and he absolutely had an affinity for for Jacob Tammy when Dallas Clark went out. You have to think that that offense is a two tight end set. Two wide receivers. You maybe throw in a, a third wide receiver at times on, on third down. You bring in a, a Brandon Stokely if he's that guy. Um, but otherwise, you're going to see a lot of Decker, a lot of Demarius, and these two tight ends going out there. And Jacob Tammy and Joel Dreesen, they bring them both in and maybe spark some life into those rookie tight ends that they had from last year. So, uh, But Jacob Tammy, look, he knows Peyton. He, he, he's been around him for a long time. And we all thought that Dallas Clark might be the guy to get taken there. But it wasn't. It was the younger version, uh, bringing in the younger version uh, for, for Peyton Manning to make sure he had that target over the middle. We're starting to see the mo- more and more quarterbacks go off the board here. Five quarterbacks in the eighth round have now went, just like we saw in the first round. It looks like the eighth round is the round of the quarterbacks part two. We've seen Robert Griffin, Josh Freeman, Joe Flacco is off the board. Uh, Diesel takes... Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Buffalo Bills, and then Carson Palmer is off the board by Greg Diesler. Uh, again, all these guys, you have to get that those two quarterbacks. It's interesting, though, uh, Greg Diesler takes Matt Stafford's backup in Carson Palmer, and James Harrison takes Joe Flacco for a backup for Drew Brees. So now the big dogs, the guys who took those quarterbacks, are even taking their backups. So if you don't have a backup and you picked him in a, like a fourth or a fifth round, you better get it now, uh, otherwise you might get shut out completely. One of these guys might even take three and then look out, then you're in big trouble. Uh, three quarterbacks, and you can really uh, make a run at having the best quarterback uh, week to week. So, uh, Mike, I'm getting ready to go on the clock. I'm going to turn it over to you. What pick about this round here? What do you what do you see here in this eighth round that uh, really fascinates you? I like the Greg Little pick. Yeah, I know you're on the clock, Scott. And, uh, you know, I've been looking at a couple of the picks, and uh, – Everybody's pretty much uh, showing up that second quarterback, like you said. Uh, you know, you got Blacko, 
And is Flacco really a second quarterback? Uh, Mark, you still with me? I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, Flacco puts up numbers left and right. Yeah, I think he's he's a, he's a steady Eddie pick. Um, I, I, maybe a round earlier is where he should be going. There's that talk about, uh, I believe he's still talking, uh, that he's, yeah, I'm not sure about the holdout and all that stuff about the contract. Um, he's just not a sexy pick. That That's probably the way to say it. But uh, he's a steady Eddie guy. I'll tell you the truth, though. You know, if you're going to have him as a number two, I can't think of anybody else that, that I'd, I'd feel more comfortable having an, uh, as a backup quarterback as Joe Flacco, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, when I saw that, I was like, wow. You know, because you, know, you, you want to grab him, and he's like, well, you know, it's too much of the running game that goes on with uh, Baltimore. But uh, still, I mean, you know, he, he just he gets what it, he gets it done every every day and every week. Uh, if there was a uh, another quarterback, obviously there's not that many left. But uh, there's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of things that can happen uh, throughout the draft. I, I didn't see what Scott took in that uh, in his pick before that, but uh, you know we're we're getting ready to turn through that uh, round ten through uh, twenty, like what I talked about. And uh, you know, is there anything, Mark, that that you're going to focus on? Or right, right here on in, I have um, a good bunch of uh, what I did was I waited late. On my wideouts, and I'm pretty just gonna just pick them apart. I got about ten guys here that I think that are gonna uh, produce much higher than where they're being drafted right now, especially because we're earlier on in the year. A few diamonds in the rough. There's one guy that in particular um, that I, I feel is uh, one of the most right. underestimated wide receivers in fantasy football. We'll, we'll see if uh, if he falls to me right there. Hopefully, I didn't let the cat out of the bag, but we'll see what happens there. Um, but that's where I'm going to be reaching for over the next couple of rounds. I got every other position pretty much covered right now, and we're just going to roll with it. All right, you're talking good. about Anton Bolden. You're talking about Darius Hayward Bay, maybe uh, Nate Washington. Uh, we, hey, we got to see what we got to see what Diesel's all about here. We got to figure this guy out because you know he's going to be looking for a steal here. Let, well, let's figure this thing out. Who's going to be somebody? Somebody? He's going to be coming up on the clock here. He's got a lot of wide receivers. You, you don't think about Holmes. You don't think that way about Lauren Robinson or, or not really Bolden. I mean, maybe the, the – you know, I don't know. I, I don't feel that way about Bolden. Nate Washington maybe is that guy in, in an opened-up offense, not Jacoby Ford, not really Mike Williams, not an Amendola or a Sanders or a Floyd, not a Vincent Brown, Manningham, Baldwin. got to be one of those guys we just passed up, right? I mean, it's got to be – Got to be somebody that we've just discussed. We just skipped right past him, and he's sitting here laughing at us. <laughs> Randy Moss maybe, is off. The maybe court. a Frisman Jackson's available, guys. I'm not sure. Maybe that's the guy. <laughs> I, I can't talk too much until get paddled. Uh, takes his pick. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's Mark Duper. We know who you're looking at. We understand. Uh, <laughs> Don Randy is available. Randy Moss is off the board, and guys, I don't know if, if anybody's going to if, if you expect anything out of Randy Moss this year. They say it's the Randy Moss of old, Mike. What type of season do you see in line for Randy Moss this year? Not much. Now, Sorry. just leave it I, I, I would like to expand on it, but not much. <laughs> well said. Uh, I mean, well said. What else can I say? <laughs> well, we figured out what Diesel was talking about. I think I nailed it there pretty early. Nate Washington of Tennessee, Jake Locker throwing in the ball. You kind of like that. I like Nate. 
Nate the Great. I tell you, you got Kenny Britt over there. Uh, Nate has just, uh, man, he, he seems to just be getting smarter and better every season. And uh, considering I'm waiting until round nine to take my second wide out the way that I drafted, I'm pretty happy with the, with the production that I think he's going to give. Yeah. 42, 687, and 6 uh, last year. Uh, it seemed like he was the the kind of guy uh, – I'm sorry, that was in 2010. I pulled up the 2010 stats. Sorry about that. He had a better year than that. He had 70-plus uh, last year, I believe. 74, 10, 23, and 7. Now, that's the type of receiver – if you can get a 70, 1,000, and 7 guy late in the – in the boy, you, you sure didn't nail it. Now, Kenny Britt returns, but you and you have the uh, the questionable – the questionable quarterback is, is, is what's it, what are they going to be? I, I like them both. Hasselback's the proven guy. Locker's the guy that, that gives you the edge. Uh, but both of those guys can flat out get it done and get it to the receivers. you got to think that they're going to open it up. They've got Jared Cook in the middle, CJ2K behind them. Uh, every, some people are, are pointing to another return season for CJ2K. I'm not sure I see that. Um, but he, he's definitely not going to have a bad year as long as he's healthy. So, uh, Mike, you take Titus Young – as your number four wide receiver, you went real heavy on running back, real heavy on wide receiver. You've still yet to get a tight end, so I can't wait to find out what you've got planned to tight end. Well, I got I got all kinds of plans, but uh, this Titus Young, man, I, I'll tell you what, Scott, I am really high on this guy. He, uh, th- This kid has, has shown a lot, and in the offense that they're in, there's going to be tons of opportunities. So I – you know, he probably shouldn't have been drafted that high, but I didn't want to take a chance. I want to go ahead and get him. This is the Red versus Blue Live NFFC Draft Champions League. 347-324-5404 is the number. We have Michael Trent, my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky. We have Mark Quitch, the returning champ, Team Diesel here. In a special two-hour episode, we are already an hour and 30 minutes in. We have 35 minutes to go. We are in round nine of this NFFC draft. It's been a very competitive, very fun league. Let's take a look at some of the team compositions now and get away from some of the some of the picks. I, I will catch everybody up. Darius Hayward Bay, Randy Moss, Antonio Holmes, Nate Washington, Donald Brown, Doug Baldwin, and Titus Young are have been in your last few picks here. Uh, let's start it out with the top, Eric Hillisberg. Let's look at his team, Mike. Michael Vick at quarterback. At running back, Foster and Ben Tate, along with Javid Best. Three wide receivers, Mike Wallace, Percy Harvin, and Crabtree, Jermaine Gresham. Uh, you know what? I don't feel a weakness on the team, really, unless you don't believe in Javid Best. So you have to feel like, and I don't want to put anything out of turn here, you've got to feel like he's going to address that RB, uh, that, that next RB spot here around this turn. He's got two picks. He's got pretty much everything else taken care of. Very impressive team from Eric. And I know he's still on the line, Eric. Uh, I, I hope I didn't out you there. You, but but that's probably what you're thinking here in the next couple of picks. I, you know, most you've got you've got an RB situation that is a little bit uh, covered up by Arian Foster. It's masked by Arian Foster because he's so amazing. He's worth like one and a half running backs by himself. So, and sometimes Ben Tate's going to get in the game and, and be able to start. You're going to be able to start both of them. That's just kind of how potent that offense is. Yeah, there's a couple ways I'm looking to go right now. I just hope Missouri doesn't take one of my picks. I just took all three of my receivers so far. I was going to take them. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, uh, Donnie's, Donnie's no stranger to these formats. We can't wait for him to call in and talk about his team. Let's look at 
Donnie's team from the two-hole. He's got two quarterbacks, Roethlisberger and Griffin. Feels pretty good to me. Running backs, Ray Rice, Bradshaw, and Hillis as his number three. Again, they're talking about a lot of carries, 200, upward to 200 carries for Peyton Hillis this year. Like that for a number three running back. Brandon Marshall, Macklin, and Decker. Hey, nothing wrong with those wide receivers. Matter of fact, it's probably one of the better groups we'll see uh, this year. Uh, Marshall, Macklin, and Decker. The question for Azuri, again, is who's the tight end? What's it going to be? At this point in the draft, you're, you're going to be banking on a Dustin Keller, a Jared Cook, a Kellen Winslow-type player, uh, and can they carry you week in, week out when other people are getting Vernon Davis, Witten, Gates, Graham, Gronkowski-type numbers out of their starting tight end position? So you're going to have to take a few darts at some tight ends because the rest of the team looks fantastic. Uh, anybody, uh, Diesel, do you have any comments about any of these first two teams that you see standing out? You know, this early in the season, everybody looks pretty good. Um, it's hard to tell. I tell you one thing: last last uh, round, I like the Sydney Rice pick. Uh, I think Pete Carroll's a very smart coach, and I think we might see that they've been hiding him a little bit and letting him take his sweet time getting healthy. And I think we might see the stud that he was uh, a few years back. I think that was a very good pick. I think that was the eighth round I saw him. That's definitely something that stood out. Uh, from me looking, check, checking it out. Well, thank Mike, you very you much, Mark. I appreciate that. <laughs> what was that? I didn't hear that, guys. I said thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, that it, was you, Mike. That was a very good pick. That was a very good pick, Mike. This late in the game. I've been uh, I, I've been kind of focused on him, and uh, but we'll see what happens. You never know. Absolutely. I'm going to let you guys go ahead and have your own show since you guys were the money makers last year. Top top three guys here, uh, Mike Trent, Fields, Fields, and I was sitting around second all year long, all year long, right behind Diesel, and then Mike was right behind me. Somehow Scott Shooty comes up there and rips it away from me, and then I fall down there and start battling with Mike, and then he battles yeah. and takes it away from me. I think in the last week. Yeah, it, it was, was uh, close. It was Scott. Scott and Mark uh, pretty much had it in the first two positions, and you and I. It's like uh, I just, I guess it just bump drafted you out of the way. I don't know. <laughs> it's amazing to you know how many rounds we're drafting. I, I was looking at last year's team. How many guys did absolutely nothing because we draft kind of fairly early. But uh, the guys, your core team is what is what's going to make or break you. And this year is a lot different, like we said before. It, $60, uh, well, I don't even remember what I won last year, but $10,000 is a lot more at stake. So I would say reaching a little bit wouldn't be too too much to ask for in this kind of format because if you're going to draft a guy that might, you might be able to get a round or two later, but if you take him where you want him just to make sure you get him, if that's the guy that, that becomes the Darren Sproles of this year, he, he, he's the guy that might win you 10 thousand dollars guys yeah isn't that the truth well i think you're going to start seeing some shots and sure enough we did the last pick of the ninth round i absolutely love this pick for eric shane vereen from the new england patriots if they're going to give it to anybody i feel like it's going to be shane vereen i think the guy was the kid was hampered with injuries all season long last year ridley got his opportunity to take they liked ridley too in the draft but vereen had the raw talent and skills to be a, a second-round running back selection by the New England Patriots. They took him, and they never were really able to see what he had. Uh, and 
it's a very nice pick there to go along with it. And there's another running back for you, Kevin Smith. He kind of backs up the job and best situation with the back that people are looking at to maybe uh, hold the fort down, so to speak. Uh, with injuries uh, to Javid Best and, and potentially Mikel LaShore still coming back from injury. A lot of people were talking more and more these last couple of weeks about Kevin Smith being the guy there. So Eric shored up his running back position and, and in very short order with a couple of back-to-back running backs. And now you got to feel good about the rest of your draft. You can just kind of take best player available. Yeah. Uh, you never know how the New England situation is going to play out, though. I got burned by that. Before, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, you know, Green, he's still young, so he should get in there and do the high draft pick. So hopefully, they give him the ball more so than uh, Ridley. But uh, as far as Kevin Smith, uh, man, you know these 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 arrogant number one, the, these arrogant one pick guys, man, they get the first pick and they're already on top of everybody else, and then they just start picking off guys left and right. I mean. It's not really fair, is it? You know, if I had to take one pick in the draft, it's always going to be the one pick. I'm never going to dispute it. It's always going to be at the top of my list. Any KDS setting I have, I'm always going to take one first, period. Uh, I, I want the one pick. I love the turn, and I like to have my choice of the best player available on the planet. And, and that's what you do. You take Arian Foster, and then you come back, and you know, you've, done a very, you've done a very good job. I like the team so far. Let's see how it continues to pan out. You've got Michael Vick and Gresham. You might be able to get another tight end late. And uh, you'll be set. Now, here's an interesting pick. We just had Mike Watson take the first defense off the board in the San Francisco 49ers. Now we've got something to talk about. Defenses are off the board. And I don't know if you guys watched or listened to that serious uh, draft they held out there at the FSTA, but um, a defense, San Francisco 49ers, was taken with the first pick in the eighth round. Uh, by none other than John Hanson, the fantasy guru, and he defended it all week long after a lot of criticism for that pick because the defense wasn't taken until like another five rounds later or something. I mean, it was really crazy. And uh, that's, he that's said, definitely a chance you take, Scott, because when you're the first person taking that defense, <laughs> you could either start a run or sit there like John did and wait five rounds, man. So uh, the <laughs> first and second defense usually they're usually not too far apart. So I'm never the guy to take the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never want to be that guy taking the first one, do you? And he was out there on an island all by himself, just praying to God, please somebody take a, please somebody take another defense. But here's what you're looking at: you're looking well, at the so best no. defense, the best defense in the league by far. They didn't have the touchdowns to go with it last year. That was the only thing they were missing. I think you had touchdowns by the Lions last year, and maybe you had a ten touchdown season for the Bears. But for the most part. Fumble recoveries, interceptions, sacks, those types of plays were all made by the San Francisco 49ers last year. Points allowed, all that. The, the Niners were the best defense and, and arguably will be this year, but it's always tough, man. You, you you want to improve your starting lineup, but it's very hard to stick your neck out there and say, give me that defense when you have all these players to, to choose from. So let's let's move on and take a look at what Mike's team is shaping up to be since we've looked at the first two teams. By the way, Dynasty took Jared Cook as his tight end solution, and that's some solution. We've seen uh, Jared Cook pull this. He's pulled this uh, last four weeks of the season type thing on us the last couple of years, and uh, then he disappears for the rest of the next season until the last four or five games again, and everybody thinks he's the second coming of, you know, uh, Jason Witten. Uh, But then it doesn't happen. Uh, So let's take a look at the rest of this draft. by Mike Watson, the number three pick. Josh Freeman is the quarterback. He has 
running backs was Sean McCoy, Beanie Wells, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. He has wide receivers, Jordy, Austin, Britt, a fantastic number three wide receiver in Britt, just amazing. Lance Moore is a four. Dustin Keller is the tight end, San Fran T. So let's talk about that for a second, guys. He, he doesn't have the star-studded quarterback. He doesn't have the star-studded tight end. He's, he's actually lacking at that position of quarterback and lacking at that position at tight end. And to be honest with you, there's nothing you can do to catch up those points at this point. He's behind a quarterback. He's going to be behind a tight end. So it kind of makes sense what he did here by picking up the defense for San Francisco. Mike, what do you think about that? He picks up the defense and says, ha-ha, you got me at quarterback and tight end. I've got you at running back, wide receiver, and now defense. What do you think about that, Mike? Did we lose Mike? He's still there? I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Oh, sorry, buddy. I know you're on the clock. Uh, Eric, uh, I guess we lost Mike. He's got a, a, a connection problem or – you know, he's out there in the sticks in Brandenburg, Kentucky. I know you've never been there, and you don't, you never need to. There's nothing there to see. Uh, you know, they've got cousins living right in the next bedroom. Uh, but what do you think about that that strategy that I just kind of laid out, the scenario of you're behind a quarterback and tight end, so instead of chasing the rest of the field, go ahead and pick up on the defense. And maybe he snags another one for all we know. Yeah, I can see a strategy there. He's trying to get the, you know, the best of the best at the defense and, who knows what happens next? But his receivers are—I mean, that's a—that's a solid four receivers he's got so far. There, I like his receivers a lot. All right, we put the first two pages of the ADP in the books. We're—we've—we've uh, we've already went through a strong 116, 125 guys here. I'm on the clock right now, so Mike, if you're back with it, you took a guy, an overweight uh, lineman, in Martellus. Go ahead, go ahead, Scott. We'll, we'll go ahead and take care of it from here. Uh, you know, yeah, I went ahead and uh, took a tight end, had to. Uh, it was one of those situations. Uh, but uh, after that, uh, I saw uh, Kobe Fleener, uh, Nate Burleson, Mike Williams, uh, and then uh, Michael Floyd, uh, Mikhail Bashore, and Ronnie Hillman. Uh, I, I really like I really like that Ronnie Hillman pick there, Mark. Or is it Mike? Mike. Yeah, you know what? I, I do too. I mean, uh, Ronnie Hillman, he's going to end up being the, you know, that that whole team is going to take on a different landscape. And, you know, it's going to take two or three weeks to figure out exactly what's going to happen. But uh, Peyton's going to end up throwing. But there's a very good chance Ronnie Hillman's going to, he's going to make an impact on their team real quick. Yeah, I like him a lot, especially, you know, in this format. I think, you know, he may not start the year, but, you know, later on down the road, I think he'll be, he'll be you know, contributing a lot to that Denver offense. Right, right. And, you know, you know like you said, it, it might not be week one or two, but come week uh, six, seven, eight, you're going to be glad that you have a guy like Ronnie Hillman. And, you know, that's why these drafts are the way they are. So uh, uh, that's a good deal. Uh Moving forward, here we go. We're we're getting ready to go to the uh, round eleven. Now this is this is the period we've been talking about uh, on, I guess, catching the diamonds in the rough, so to speak. Uh, so yeah, that's a good uh, one, Eric. Doc got a good one, Eric. I think with uh, is that he took there Simpson. Do I? Yeah. 
Jerome Simpson is one of those guys a lot of people talk about. I don't know what he's going to be. I'm just taking a flyer there. But uh, I've got to make this next pick, and it is a definite flyer. I don't know what's going to happen, but at this stage in the game, if I can strike gold because, uh, you know, McFadden uh, falls apart like he usually does, then I think Goodson might be that guy. So uh, who knows? I don't know. I've seen some really good picks come off the board here recently. I want to get everybody caught up. Mikel LaShore and Ronnie Hillman. Two guys that I was targeting here as my RB4, just somebody to have as one of those sleepers. I think Ronnie Hillman could easily take over with a twisted ankle for Wills McGahee. He's one twisted ankle away of being a fantasy star in this league um, because I don't think – I think Nosan Moreno, we've all found out, is in the absolute doghouse fighting for a roster life. And then we saw Mikel the short take, and I was a little surprised, i got to admit, I was a little surprised that Jason Steve didn't back up Darren McFadden there. I really thought he would. I'm sure if he came on the air, he'd tell me right now it was planned in round 11. You know, that's kind of how it always happens. Um, when you look at Darren McFadden, this is a guy that could be a top five running back, and he just never seems to put together a full season. Uh, the guy, it seems like he's always a walking injury. But, man, I would have taken Darren McFadden if he was there. And, and at this point, I think Mike Goodson is a handcuff that makes sense for me. You've got to give Mike, you've got to give Darren McFadden some rest. Uh, he's never been in the league without Michael Bush. So even in his best, he had rest and breathers uh, coming out, you know, getting, getting a, taking a breath when, uh, when, he, when he had a full load. If he, we've seen what Mike Goodson can do at Carolina when he had the opportunity in a couple of games. I think he started two games. They were both hundred yard efforts. So, we know he has potential. I think it's a very excellent signing by those guys. Uh, we'll just have to see if it makes sense. We do have another defense off the board. Henry Muto takes the Green Bay Packers. So, um, hey, Mike Watson, you're off the hook, pal. Uh, you're no longer on an island there. There is another defense off the board. So take a deep breath and relax. Uh, that didn't happen to you. What happened to uh, our good friend, the fantasy guru? Um, we've got about uh, let's see, 20 more minutes in the program, and you know, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm a little disappointed. Where's my Mike Watson phone call? Where's my Donnie Terminiello phone call? Where's my Frank <laughs> Maxwell phone call? Where Where are my guys at that we're gonna come in and talk about their team? We've got about 15 minutes left in the game, uh, and we haven't heard from from our friends here in this draft. Helen Winslow and Greg Olson off the board. Diesel is on the clock. You have to think that that Diesel already has his tight ends taken care of. Let's take a look at his team. He's got Cutler and Fitzpatrick. You've got Witten and Pettigrew at tight end, so those two positions are taken care of. MJD, Darren Sproles, Reggie Bush, fantastic lineup there. Roddy White, Nate Washington, Mike Williams. You're probably going to see another wide receiver come off the board here because that, if anything, is a little bit of an Achilles. Not much, though. He actually shored up very nice. To get two quality guys like Nate Washington and Mike Williams in the ninth and the tenth really turned out nicely for uh, our, our good uh, defending champion here. And he takes Lauren Robinson, an 11-touchdown guy from last year in Tony Romo's offense, comes to Jacksonville and prays to God that he can get a quarterback to fight in the ball like Tony Romo did. Uh, I took Justin Blackman. So, again, ninth round versus 11th. You may have gotten the better wide receiver this year, and, and that's kind of uh, – that's not saying much. <laughs> I had to start reaching, man. I do you know we're looking at number four wideout on a guy that waited way too long for wideouts, uh, considering I filled all my other spots the way I did. So hey, listen, uh, 
if I'm going to shoot for the moon, Laurent Robinson is the guy. He's either going to do it or he isn't. There's, he's kind of like a Mike Sims Walker kind of guy um, where he had one really good season. Now, can he do it again? I'm willing to stake it in, uh, in round 11. Well, I'll tell you what. I just looked at my list, guys, and I circled him, and he just went off the board. Brian Quick of St. Louis, the rookie. They're comparing him to T.O. right now, 6'4", uh, monster wingspan. He's learning the offense. And uh, they really like this kid from Appalachian State. I don't know what to think. I saw him go uh, in a dynasty league. You know, I'm in that uh, that other 1250 dynasty. And um, I saw him go with the number four pick in the rookie draft, and that's what turned my head. I said, whoa, what's going on here? And it's a, it's a very well-known, respected player in the industry, and I had to take a double take and get him to explain what he saw. And uh, a lot of people have Brian Quick uh, right there under Justin Blackman in, as far as talent. Um, and the Rams certainly thought so. Uh, they invested a very high pick uh, in, in him, and he may be one of those guys that they lean to early and often this year. Sam Bradford's been waiting on a guy like this. And uh, i, I got to say, if you're in Dynasty Leagues, that's a guy you want to go grab. So let's see what kind of – you're getting him in the middle of the second. But I think – and sometimes early second. But – I don't think a lot of people realize what they have in this kid. Um, and so before the news comes out, before the, the camps really start hitting and the name starts appearing over and over again, I think it's time to go ahead and go buy him in Dynasty. Um, Mike, you took Devon Bess, um, and then Brandon LaFell took uh, or, or went to Frank Matsko as his number four wide receiver. Some are expecting a little bit of a break in a year for him. Let's go ahead and bring on uh, – Mr. Matskow, he's uh, he's over here on my switchboard. You just took Brandon LaFell, and the team's shaping up nice. Good that you called in, man. we got about 15 minutes left in the program. Talk about your team a little bit, Frank. Well, how you doing, Scott? I, uh, I'm i a little disappointed. Uh, I had, uh, back a couple rounds ago, I, uh, I targeted some guys, and, of course, uh, well, when I, uh, back in the seventh round, uh, I was really looking forward to getting Daenerys Moore, but uh, he was scooped up, so I ended up taking Felix Jones there. And uh, and I really wanted Sean Green or uh, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis back in the uh, sixth round, but uh, they were scooped up right before my pick, so I ended up with Spiller. But uh, all in all, uh, it's it's moving along pretty good. I got to get me a quarterback here now. I think uh, a backup, but. Uh, uh, it's been a good draft for everybody. I think everybody's drafting pretty good so far. Yeah, let's take a look at this team real quick, Frank. Tony Romo at quarterback, running back Matthews, C.J. Spiller, uh, Felix Jones, Pede, and Daniel Thomas. You start taking a couple of flyers there. I think that's yeah. what you have to do at that point. Grant Jennings. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, that Pete pick, I was, I was almost – it was it was a toss-up between him and uh, Jaquez Rogers from Atlanta. And uh, – just think uh, injury prone as uh, Jackson is. I think Pete's going to be the guy there eventually. I think he'll get a few more, few more uh, chances there, and that's why I took him at that spot. But uh, yeah, it uh, it's okay. It's it's going okay so far. I think. I think so, man. I think you did very well with Romo, Vernon Davis. You've got those two positions locked up. You don't have a lot of depth at those. I notice a lot of other guys are taking their backup quarterbacks. Back up yeah. tight end, uh, and you were you've been able to make our positions look a little weaker. I mean, Jennings, Julio, Little, LaFell, along with those running backs. 
and stud starters in Romo and Vernon Davis. You really don't need a lot of backups for Romo and Vernon Davis. There's not going to be a lot of weeks you don't start those guys at this point in the draft. So it makes a lot of sense. Now, if you have an injury, there yeah. may be something to worry about. But it's, but it's, but it's definitely a, a good effort, man, and I'm glad to uh, have you uh, call up the show. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I enjoy your show. Uh, uh, I've listened to it many times, even though I haven't participated, but I do enjoy uh, listening to it. Uh, you guys do a great job. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Frank. Good, right. uh, good luck this year. We'll definitely be checking out your team. Now let's let's bring another participant on to the show. We've got Mike Watson that just Mike Watson that just selected Sam Bradford. And Mike, you've got two quarterbacks now. You're getting ready to be on the clock, so I don't want to take too much of your time. But you have your two quarterbacks. You've got your running backs in Beanie and Ben Jarvis, along with McCoy. Your wide receivers are probably the best in the game. You you took the first defense though, and you were out on that island for about a round and a, a little bit longer. So, uh, you feel you feeling how you feeling about this draft? Did we lose Mike? Mike Watson. All right. Well, let's see here. Let's see if we can't get Mike back on. Mike, can you hear me? Can you hear me? There you are. All right. Yeah, you, you were spot on, Scott, with the uh, me taking the 49ers defense, trying to make up points in an area that I lost out on quarterback. Um, I was really targeting uh, Roethlisberger in the sixth round, and my strategy was to wait on a quarterback, and I really thought he'd be there. I believe he went the pick before me. Um, I kind of rolled the dice and thought Shaw would be there in the, in the next round and, and lost out on that. So I scrambled a bit, uh, settled on Freeman, but I do think he'll have a, you know, a bounce-back year. Uh, you know, he added a lot of weapons with uh, the, the rookie running back, V-Jax, and then they got Dallas Clark coming in. So um, I'm, I'm banking on him having a bounce back here, and uh, obviously I'm happy with LaShawn McCoy and my wide receivers. Absolutely. I, I, I kind of uh, I, I envy that third pick. You know, you don't have to do any thinking at all. You get the, the one of the three, whichever falls to you. I was a little surprised that you took Jordy Nelson at the second pick there. Um we obviously don't know what to expect from Jordy. If it's going to be the big touchdown effort again, I mean, is he is he just destined to get those touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers every year because he's such a high-output quarterback? Um, is he going to get the same kind of volume that he got last year? Randall Cobb's coming onto the scene. Driver's still there. And you got to think Finley's going to be better. So you obviously have some strong opinions about Jordy Nelson. Yeah, I, I... Probably would have pulled, you know, the trigger on Knicks, obviously, if uh, you know there wasn't questions about, you know, his health to start the year. Uh, I don't anticipate Jordy having 15 touchdowns again, but the Packers throw the ball, you know, so much that, uh, um, you know, there's there's going to be plenty of balls to go around that offense. So that's pretty comfortable with taking him in that spot. Well, we're going to let you. Um, we, we we see that um, you are just now. Uh, we've got Bradford. We've got Tolbert been taken. You took Detroit Lions. Uh, Scott Schutte took Detroit Lions defense. And uh, you took Sam Bradford with this uh, most recent pick. Sam Bradford to back up Josh Freeman. I, I, you, Sam Bradford has now he has some weapons. And he looked like a shell of his former self last year. It didn't look anything like the breakout candidate that we were expecting to see. How do you feel about Sam Bradford being your quarterback too? 
Uh, like like I said with Freeman, I think he has a bounce back year. Um, obviously, they've got a a good coach there with with Fisher, who's very high on Bradford. Uh, you know, the, the loss of Lloyd um, probably you know hurt a little bit. Hopefully, Amendola bounces back and is healthy, and uh, Bradford's numbers spike up when he's uh, has a full healthy season under the belt. All right. Well, look, Mike, you also have this Ben Jarvis Green Ellis pick and this Beanie Wells. This um, when you went, uh, let's see, three, four, five. It went Beanie, then Ben Jarvis, and a lot of other big names are there. You're talking about Stewart, Sean Green, Spiller, uh, Stark, Helu, these types of names. And you take, you took Beanie and Ben Jarvis. What is it about either of those guys that really makes you feel like those are the guys to target this year? Um, you know, Beanie showed some signs at, at, at the end of the year. He had, you know, one couple monster games there towards the end. Uh, obviously, Ryan Williams is in play, but uh, mo- most uh, teams these days run, you know, the two-headed monster running back. So I think there's plenty of carries to go around. Um, ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, obviously plays in a tough division, um, you know, but uh, he seems to sniff the goal line a little bit. If I could get, you know, eight touchdowns, nine touchdowns out of him, I'd be super happy. Yeah. Well, I'll let you go make your pick. I know you're getting ready to come on the clock. I'll let you search your draft board, man. I appreciate you calling in. Uh, if you want to hang on the line just for a second, I'm going to bring in Dominic LaFerriere, Fantasy QB. He's had a heck of an effort here so far. I don't see a lot of bad teams, Dominic. I'm, I'm looking at your squad. You started off with Tom Brady. You brought in DeMarco, Steven Jackson, and Redmond, who I absolutely love, Isaac Redmond, this year. You get one of the best tight ends in the game by waiting in Aaron Hernandez. And then you just start firing away at wide receivers. This is the best ball format, so these guys are big play guys. I see Torrey Smith, Denarius Moore, Malcolm Floyd, Doug Baldwin, and Brian Quick. He broke my heart. Uh, Kobe Fleener, again, another guy that uh, uh, should be a big part of the, the Indianapolis offense this year. Talk about this effort and, and what the strategy was going in. Yeah, it's a very different draft than my strategy. I think Michael broke my heart when he picked uh, Demarius Thomas. Now I just decided to go Hernandez. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's getting, getting all the love this week. I don't understand what's going on I there, am. Mike. <laughs> I am. I, I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't thinking yeah. of going QB in the first round, but um, when Brady fell to me and, yeah, like Diesel said, is, are you going to sweat on MGD or not? And I decided to maybe sweat. Well, let's talk about that second pick then because that's the um, – where the draft, your draft can kind of hinge and go one way or the other. You decided to take a running back there when there were some very safe options at wide receiver. DeMarco looks fantastic. You feel like he's going to be the, the, the bell cow back for the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, I really like actually his fullback, uh, Vickers, the same guy that was opening holes for Foster last year and the years before that he was actually opening holes well. Peter and Hellis had his good years, so pretty confident in that one. Well, we've got a little issue here at the front of the draft. We've um, we've got uh, some Donnie T issues with uh, the computer, so we're going to hold up. He did not make his last two picks. He's uh... <laughs> well, it looks like I, I mean, he, Santana Moss is inserted, but he timed out, and I don't know what what he's doing. <laughs> See what happens. Oh, and it's just like, you know, you can't get through a draft without a little bit of Bonnie T. Drawling, you know? I, mean, I love this guy. Hey, 
We almost made. Hey, Dominic, we're doing we're doing great, man. We almost made it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Oh man. Well, I tell you what, Dominic. This is a this is ten thousand dollars on the line. Talk about the one pick in this draft. Uh, outside of your top two picks, that makes you the most excited about winning this league. Uh, I like Brian Quick as a pick, as a surprise pick there. I was a little uh, a little hesitant on the wide receiver, but if I had to go big or go home on the wide receivers, so I took a bunch of guys that can either have big games or not, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I love the last two picks, uh, and Brian Quick uh, especially. I thought maybe there might be a chance that Fleener would drop to me as a as a very solid backup tight end, but uh, having Brian Quick there in this type of format, that's the kind of guy I think you like to like to see fall to you. It, it, it kind of reminds me of my Mike Goodson pick. It's just somebody that okay, a push comes to shove, but you don't need an injury. You just need to see him develop his true potential. I need an injury to see Mike Goodson develop. So uh, I guess at the end of the day, if I had it to do over again. I would take the Jerome Simpson pick back, and I would take Brian Quick. Uh, right. Would you swap me? Would you swap me straight forward if that were to, if that would have happened? Would you have been the one to take Jerome Simpson? Uh, I probably would have passed on Simpson at that point. Um, yeah. I mean, Simpson can be a beast if he wants to. It's just a matter of uh, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it consistently? But in this draft champion format, I don't think you have to worry about consistency as much as in a regular format or a classic draft. I, I, I can't get I can't get any love, Mike. Uh, no love at all for my guys. I'm just <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just striking out. You know, you're the greatest. I'm the worst. Um, you're good looking. I'm not attractive. It's just it, it, it continues to just uh, you know be yeah, one of these I'll drafts. Tell you what, Scott, what it all boils down to is I wear a Kentucky hat and you wear a Louisville hat. It's red versus blue, right? Man, I don't even want to go there. Don't even go there. I'm trying to have a good. I'm trying to enjoy these 30 rounds. I've got plans after these 30 rounds to get drunk, and just don't even, don't even go there. Okay, hey, Dominic, I, I really appreciate you coming on and being a part of the show. Thanks. You're always welcome on Red versus Blue. Come back and good luck in this league. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a long draft for the rest of the night. So hang tight. These guys are taking their full clock. Man, they need to cut this clock down to about a minute. Otherwise, we're gonna be here till about four in the morning. So. Thanks for being a part of Red vs. Blue, Donna. Take care, bud. Awesome. Good See you in Donna. Vegas. Absolutely. All right, we are we are we are rolling here in this Red vs. Blue live NFFC draft, the Draft Champions League, ten thousand dollars on the line, fourteen teams vying to be the best. We are in round twelve of this action. We've got a few minutes to go, Mike. Overall. Which team do you see here that it looks like really uh stretching out here and taking the lead? Uh, to be honest with you, the team that stands out to me is Scott Schutte again. It really does. It looks good. I mean, he's got everybody uh, uh, arranged. And so, uh, I mean, I really like I'm on the clock and I'm going to draft right now. I'm going to get my draft, my backup quarterback and Alex Smith. But, uh, you know, I think I think Alex and, uh, I mean, uh, Scott Schutte and uh, yourself, they look good. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other way, and I, I've got two guys here, and they actually are on the phones here with us. Uh, Diesel Marquich and R- route you out, Eric Hillsburg. I think both of these teams are the teams to beat right now. You look at both teams: Diesel, quarterbacks, tight ends, running backs, receivers. Now he's pieced together the receivers, and in this format, it's the easiest position to piece together. Both of them went that direction. 
with with uh, the Ben Tate pick, the Javid Best pick, the Gresham, the Vereen, the Kevin Smith. I think Eric has also done a very good job. So top two teams so far. A lot can change, though. Still 18 rounds to go. Everybody, thanks for being a part of Red vs. Blue. Eric, thank you. Mark, always a pleasure to be with you, my friend. The champ is here. And, uh, man, Greg Ambrosius, Tom Kucinich, all the people at the NFFC, thanks for letting us be a part of this, uh, this draft and uh, many more NFFC drafts to come on Friday nights. We'll see you guys next week on Red vs. Blue. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.